wait for the countdown. Count up. Welcome to the Mushroom Movie Podcast, everybody. Did you know the Olsen twins? Did you know the Olsen twins are worth five hundred million dollars? I can't believe that's news to you. <laughs> it's never news to me. I, I haven't heard from them in a while. Okay, I didn't know they were private. Dude, I'm nearly a decade old, which is why I got that edge on you. But yeah, I watched their growth growth into like conglomerate millionaires that do not want to be in the public eye anymore. Like they got out before Justin Bieber stuff. So like, good call on their part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh they struck they struck, although they struck he's like in one of their apartments. So all <laughs> they, I was saying in not, that well, they... when I was when I was talking about in that conversation before we were recording was like when we were transitioning into Daniel Radcliffe and then Zach coming circling the wagons with you should watch everything. Um was that <laughs> I was like for me personally, like okay. Like, I'm not them, but, like, me personally, I could not, like, stop working. Like, I'm like, like, and I was bringing up the example of Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood. They don't have to work another day in their lives. They've got franchises behind them. And they could make, they could, they could, like, sit on their couch and do nothing and just make money off of that for like as long as they live. But like for me, but they still go. Like they're still going. So like what does really that much anymore to be honest. Not much, but he's last I check he's still going. Elijah Wood? Yeah. Elijah Wood is a huge producer in the horror game. He's he's been making stuff consistently while at the same time as an actor doing whatever the hell he wants to do. But if you want to look right. at behind what he's producing on the horror game, it's insane, Zach. Look into what Elijah Wood is producing and what he games for. Go on Twitter, what he supports. He's a huge horror guy. I Oh, Who knew? I, oh my God. He produced Mandy? He produced Mandy. Oh huh. my God. I love this. Um, Speaking Elijah of horror... Wood's... Sorry. Speaking of horror, we're starting Harry Potter. I actually didn't even think this movie was that bad. I think it, my opinion is going to interest you guys. I went through a uh, interesting experience watching this. I, I think the next oh, one no. is problematic, but we'll get to that. We will get. Wait, interesting experience. Hold on a second. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. I got it. I see you up there. I get it. I get it. Right. Okay, that makes sense. No, 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 no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's uh, appropriate for the airways. Um, I don't think it can be. I think you're going to be interested in this, Chris. I think you're going to be interested in this. I am not that upset. Cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you think I don't see what's coming? You don't. You think I don't see the mistakes that they made here? By the way, I will have you know. Down? Um, by the way, Alex, I think we should talk about two of the elephants in the room for this movie. Um, also, we will. We will. We, yeah, will. we will. Also, I will have you know, Alex, you have officially made my, you officially gotten on my mom's bad side. Ooh. Why? Why? Because we started with Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> I, I actually, she I think hates that idea. Here's the, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something because there's up. a lot of context missing that she is bothered by. 
Here's the thing. I do kind of agree, but I also wanted to approach, and I was feeling weird about this, and then I realized that my decision was too late and we did it too last minute for me to change anyway. But I'm going to bring an argument to the table that I think she will enjoy, that I think you'll enjoy, and that I think I, I agree that this is not the way to do it. This isn't The Hobbit, and this isn't Star Wars Machete Order, but it is a way to do it in terms of understanding this film without the entire franchise behind it. To understand David Yates, the director, to understand what they were trying to do here and how they fucked it up and who <laughs> fucked it up. And it was J.K. Rowling and how they have an opportunity to fix it. But here's what I here's what I came up walked away from this. And I think a big, big, big answer to this is one one answer and one answer only. And that is make Dan Fogelman the fucking lead of your movie. Bogler. Yeah. Bogler. Like, I, it's Fogelman. Yeah, Fogelman it, I, was the best part about that movie. I've loved this guy since Balls of Fury. He is on he, he's on Walking Dead now. I am a huge proponent. Chris, you would love Balls of Fury. This guy, I have been waiting for him to lead a movie. People have been loving him on Broadway before he was even in a stupid like kung fu movie about ping pong this guy deserved this role he yeah. fought for this opportunity and i think his performance is amazing he should have been the lead of the movie and when he was standing in the rain and he was and he was getting a race i i put myself in his shoes and i was like we have now entered this world and we're about to leave we just had a taste of it and i should be annoyed I should look at this and go, God, here's another three months of Harry Potter. But you know what? I liked it. I, I liked the world because guess what? We watched the 10th film in a series where in the entire span of that, they have not only defined what the world is, found the director who has now defined what the world is. They've also made huge leaps and bounds in terms of CGI. How many opportunities do people just disappear from left and right? How, how many times do they just linger on a shot of something magical? The entire world of what this movie presents, I loved it. It's because it's the last movie. It's because we don't have to worry about Harry Potter. I'm also really annoyed it's that it's the, uh, technically it's the ninth movie and the uh, next movie is uh, the 10th. Oh, the 10th but, but, what? Okay, I this can't is wait point. to tear that one apart. Let anyway. Let me finish. This is my point. The, I understand what your mom is saying, that understanding all of these things would be great, but if the lead of the movie was the baker, none of that would have mattered. You would have been amazed. And that's the thing. If they didn't have people dying left and right, if they didn't have Credence's story and this thing just bogging this down, a woman beating her kid, it would have been an amazing, fun, aimless little movie about a, a caring guy who loved animals and just wanted to get one to the wild. It would have been fun and silly and they are too busy thinking five movies ahead with this dark villain that I'm like, fuck you. You have this great world. You have this great world. You have this great lead character. You just you just did a bunch of movies where there was an evil dude and all of these characters died and all of that battle stuff, all of that dark shit is done with. We want to see the world. I want to I want to see people fall in love. I want to have see a guy just care about animals. And all of that was there and it was all through his perspective and it's not his movie. 
Nope. And that pissed me off, especially when the next one is called The Crimes of Grindelwald. Thank you very much. That's where we're heading here. And the and I think a lot of the big problems here <laughs> are to do that and be J.K. Rowling's inability to write a screenplay, which she just isn't ready for. And I hear yeah. they, they are for, for sure making the third movie, and they have yeah. brought in a writer to help her. They've taken a year off the date so that she can do better with it. And I'm glad, because you know what? This world does not deserve to die. Nope. It doesn't. Okay. It's like Star Wars. This is their opportunity to jump and make prequel stuff the way that they should have done. And uh, she's she's George Lucasing it. George, George Lucas had never made a movie in years. She'd never written a movie ever. And it's kind of fucking shit up. But yeah. there's stuff there that I like. So, so let's talk some news before. Okay, we yeah, too let's keep into this. Let's go into news before so, we before we break this beast down. Ha ha ha. I'm on her side. I'm now into this world. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to leave. All right. So, something came out this week, guys. WandaVision. Okay, so. Can I just say one more thing about (laughs) now? Chris, 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 Chris. Chris. I haven't seen it yet. I just didn't want your mom oh, to think. Oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> I, just did, I just didn't want your mom to think I was some sap, man. I'm not some hate, hater walking up here, man. I'm trying to fuck shit up. I think, <laughs> I think this was a good idea. I think it was a good idea. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, so WandaVision came out this week. <laughs> yep. Chris has like it. it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm getting there. I'm so disappointed in you, Chris. I don't. I am not. I have no obligation to live up to your standards. Okay, I have no <laughs> obligation to do whatever you want me to do. You know, I am my own person. I am an American. I have my own what? rights. Wow. That, Dig it. That could get you arrested for saying shit like that now. <laughs> what? No, he's going to be gone in two days. Fuck that fascist. <laughs> shit. I mean, Chris, stand up. Here. <laughs> I mean, I'll be doing I mean, this podcast from jail. Um, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, <laughs> what? Kendrick Lamar. I like Kendrick. Um, so I saw the first two episodes. They are not as mind bending as you make it sound like, Chris. Oh, yeah. Like the marketing really helped. No, no, they really aren't. Um, but it's a fair argument, Chris. But Chris, keep going, Chris, Jack. Please keep, keep, going, keep going. You, I think, will love it because the first two episodes are based on, uh, on, um, on, uh, daytime, uh, comedies. Uh, the first two episodes, I believe, are based on the Honeymooners. They're based. It sounds like they're going basically chronologically through television. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, they, they the first two episodes are basically the honeymooners. So, like, one of the funniest scenes in the whole two episodes is they're at night and they're sleeping in separate beds. And there's Don't like, spoil well, it's, it, it's not spoiler. It's just a scene that. Uh, I don't know. I told no. you. I told you before we recorded. There, there's a uh, there's a there's there's a scratch on the window. Jack, I told you. I told you. I told you when we recorded. You literally said it's about. It's a like. This is what it's about. Like. Yeah. You had the marketing. 
you you told you said the marketing supported that. I'm like, listen, this is where it starts. You are going down a rabbit hole. I'm telling you, stop. Because you are not going to be able to help yourself. Chris, now let, I'll give him one. I'll give him one because I do this sometimes too. People ask me to shut up. My brother's very, very starchy about what he wants. I'll give him one. You yeah. do have a history, Zach, but I'll give you one okay. scene to give us an idea of what this Honeymooners so, vibe is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the scene is, I think, the beginning of the second episode. I don't remember. It, it's it's somewhere in there. Um, and Gambling here. They're both in their separate beds. Um, and it's, it's the classic kind of sixties gag where, where the, the, the wife and the husband hear a sound outside and they think someone's breaking in and, and Wanda turns on the light with her magic, then turns off the light, turns it on again. Vision wakes up and is like, what's going on? He, he, she. It, and it's all very comedic the whole time. So he goes over to the window and it thunders and he just like Scooby-Doo jumps into his bed, covers up and is like, we should go downstairs. And she just looks at him and is like, you think? I was like, let's go. <laughs> it's, okay. It's, okay. I get, I get, I, I get what you're talking about then because A, I'm going to wait for Paul Bettany to be funny again and B, Yes, that's kind of what I'm expecting this to be too. Yeah, I feel like Chris, like you, you're, you're. I agree, Chris, that the marketing gives the impression that th- that they're going to be switching channels every five fucking seconds. I don't think that's what this is. I think every episode is basically a chance for them to play off of classic TV shows while slowly unraveling things. It seems like the mystery is on the edges for these two episodes, from what I understand. There was a four-episode review that came out um, a little bit ago from somebody when the uh, thing was getting lifted. And he was like, the mystery is still unfolding, guys. It's mostly just these two farting around (laughs) these silly TV show antics. And I was like, okay, so it's not like Legion, where you're jumping around way, way more. It's not as frantic as you would expect. It seems like each episode is going to represent a different kind of show or element to it, and then that's allowing us, the nerds, to nitpick all we want. Is this House of M? Is it this? What's going on? It's what Twin Peaks would do. Like Twin Peaks is just basically a it's basically a primetime soap opera drama, and then every now and then they've been like, yeah, maybe that guy killed Laura Palmer. Maybe that guy did it. Like, I, I was it's actually, about the slow burn, and I'm, I was hoping that's what it was. I, I was telling Chris, actually, I'm like, like, because Chris was telling me how eventually he should watch Twin Peaks. I said, Chris, if you want to watch Twin Peaks, get yourself through WandaVision and enjoy the shit out of it, and I think you'll love Twin Peaks. I, the, I do think, I think Twin Peaks is challenging for anybody, Chris. If you actually went ahead and tried to do it, I would be... I would really respect your attempt to do it. I respect anybody's attempt to do it. But I will say this. If you reach the end, you will find something as abstract, as personal, as weird, and as fun as Neon Genesis Evangelion. I've never found anything. In fact, when I walked away from Neon Genesis, I was like, that reminds me a lot of specifically David Lynch. In general. And then when he put out the season three, I've never seen anything like it. And the only thing I would compare it to would be Neon Genesis Evangelion 
in terms of top tier. There are other things, of course, but like in terms of shows, no. No, <laughs> that shit was weird and you loved it. And I think you would love Twin Peaks when you get to season three. The return, I think, is for anyone who loves anything weird. The original show is is bogged down, and I think that's an unfair word for the show if you love it, but I'm using it correctly here. It's bogged down by the its need to make fun of its prime time soap opera crap of the time. Like of the time, like everything now is like superhero stuff. If people want to make fun of it, that's the boys. That would be a very popular show making fun of something that's around everywhere. That back then it was primetime soap operas. That 9 p.m., 7 p.m., you were watching Dallas, you were watching this, you were watching that, and Twin Peaks would make fun of that. Now, nobody gets that reference. So you have to kind of wad through that to get to the weird. And then when you get to the weird, it's great. So, like, I wasn't going to throw it at you, but I would say if I was going to make a strong sell for it, I would say, and you can ask Peter about this, the end of The Return is one of the most confusing artistic things i've ever seen it expects so much from the viewer and you get so much as long as you just don't demand answers as long as you just are okay with what you get you will be rewarded for thinking about it there's a there's a midget who goes on a murder rampage in an office building with an ice pick twin peaks yay so back to willow Yes. Uh, it's but the, but the question is like I bring that up because I thought about that with One Division too. I was like, how aggressive is this going to be? Should I take? I'm a fan of uh, of of uh, psychedelic drugs. Sometimes when I get a day off from work, maybe I want want to you know chill out and watch something trippy and crazy. That was one of the many reasons that I was waiting to watch this show. How trippy was it? How how am I thinking like the the moment that Tilda Swinton touches the head of Doctor Strange, and it's just 30 minutes of that? Or is it something else? It sounds like it's a little bit more chill. It sounds like they're not pushing people in that direction. It sounds like they're just like, just trying to be old TV for fun. Yeah, it's it's more like Dick Van Dyke and Bewitched than than like than uh, Doctor Strange. It sounds like they're going to take more from Bewitched, but it sounds like the humor is a little bit more growing into Dick Van Dyke, which I watched way more. Yeah. And Dick yeah, I I think you two are going to be very surprised by what you're seeing. Um, I love what I saw. It was crazy and not at all what I came to expect from the MCU, and I love that. Um, oh, shit. And Chris, there there is lots of little things in there that okay. will make you kind of squeal with that nerdy thing. No, no, no. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Go There's ahead. only one thing that Get I us. want out of the show. Get us. And... Tear us down. What? <laughs> Get us. Tear us down. Come on. What do you want? There's only Get one us. thing I want out of the show. Mm. Why... Is it the way it is? Why are they telling the story this way? If it's just for the multiverse, if they're introducing the multiverse, I'll be disappointed. Why are they going through... Why are they giving tribute to old... Like, going through old sitcoms? Why are they telling it this specific way? You you will see. 
it, it it's kind of hinting at a, that a reason and uh if it's the multiverse it's not the multi well, if it's the multiverse no 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 no, no. this show know. is not over we we're just know. getting started we don't well, know. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this, Chris. I'm coming from your perspective, so that's a very I love that question. I haven't thought of that yet, but it does beg the thing here is you're thinking within the scheme of the MCU, but this is a show about two people. This is a show about Wanda. True. You have no understanding why she's there. So my guess is it's probably inherent to her powers, and also Vision's there. So like, what does that have to do with anything? How are we figuring things out there? I think it has way more to do with her than it does the mcu in terms of why things are there but in terms of making a show where you just get to you know i mean i i i love watching tv if i could make a show where i could kind of in a in a way play off friends or the stupidity of a two and a half men or a, something like that if if i could make a show that was about sports night or west wing or studio 60 if i could make a show that was an homage to the things that I loved before. Why the fuck not? Why not? Why not push the boundaries? And why not allow Paul Bettany to be sillier? Why not to, Why not allow Elizabeth Olsen to do all these different forms of comedy, especially when like things were so dry, like dire, and the stakes are what they are. But if I'm going to narrow it down to one idea, I think that it's probably having to do with trauma. I think Scarlet that, that, Witch is right, dealing right with there, something. Alex, I think Alex nailed it on the head there. And this isn't because of anything I've seen, and in, in this is based on what we know, what, what happened leading up to this series in the actual MCU with Endgame and all that. And B, with how they marketed the show, makes it look like everything that's happening here is Scarlet Witch's trauma dealing with the loss of Vision. New Mutants is the reason I think of this is because that was the thing I kept asking myself, why aren't you doing this in New Mutants? Instead of just a bunch of people wandering around, like wondering where everyone else is in rooms. It's a fucking terrible movie. But <laughs> this is what this idea should be. Their, their powers and their, and their inability to control them are representative of the emotions and the metaphors of what they go through. You have a prime example of Scarlet Witch trying to to rescue herself and to find an identity of who she was after her brother died to be a hero and then she murdered people again and vision was there to support her they formed a relationship they wanted to get out of this shit and then he died and then he died again <laughs> and, and i think she went through some shit and one of the most powerful people in that universe with powers that have to do with the mind hell the first thing we saw her do in the in ultron was fuck with people's mind and their visions and what they saw like i think she's doing that to herself and she doesn't realize it that's a great way for someone who just like sat at home in a russian dirty old house and watched a bunch of old movie old tv like that makes sense to me i i but I, that would be the question does she really care about that kind of television that american television like i that would be my question why is she specifically thinking of these things the the other thing, right the, the other thing is the, the other thing and this is more has to do with the comics is if you know anything about her character in the comics her powers are like way scarier in the comics where she i believe it's reality manipulation is her actual ability it's, Maybe oh that's <laughs> yeah. Shell, it's reality warping, and so so. Uh, I think we're drifting. 
I think so, we're drifting. So the theory that everyone's going with that the that the, both the marketing and and uh, the marketing backs up is that she's going to get her comic book power set in in the MCU and she'll actually build manipulate reality and that's why she's in all these TV shows is she watched these shows as a kid where they were simpler and things were great and so she manipulated reality into being in that so she doesn't have to deal with the trauma of losing vision i mean we saw stone do it we saw who we saw a stone do yeah it. Uh, the reality stone yeah, yeah. so uh, i would say this, this <laughs> i feel like the MCU, I'm at, this would be my mindset once i heard the reviews of this show and where people were taking it i kept hearing the same sentence over and over again which is i'm glad the mcu is finally starting to get fucking weird and then i was like imagine if you're the mcu and you plan things out for years you're planning things to end game it takes like 10 years ahead of the time to do it maybe five years let's give them a, a dry run of five years they know end game's coming you know how it's going to work and they need to make it and all throughout that time all they keep seeing through youtube videos that they've just released civil war is how everything looks so bland how everything is just kind of by the numbers and color book and and they just keep hearing this and they're like we're making one of the greatest things ever and we're doing it as safely and as well as we can to execute the best emotional impact when he says Avengers Assemble at the end of Endgame. This is what they're leading to. And now that they're done, they're sick and fucking tired of hearing that and they want to make something weird now. They want to show people what's been in those books and they haven't been prepared for. And maybe like Disney, when they do that, they'll get scared and they dip their toe in that water. But I think Marvel is way more confident than Star Wars. Marvel has been around for decades. Marvel has a fan base that has been begging for this kind of stuff forever. Way more than the EU, especially when Disney just erased that stuff, and now they're bringing it all back on The Mandalorian. This is their opportunity to say, all right, nerds, all right, I hear you. All the color grading, all the sound, all the scores are just the same. Shut up, and we're going to shut you up. We'll see. Like, That's what I hope. That's what I hope. Like the show's very fun, and I think you both will like. It. Let's go with that. I'm we'll jazzed see. because I know a lot of those references. I liked the Honeymooners when I was 18. I took the time and I watched them all, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, man! This show's great." It stay it stands the test of time because it was done in front of a live audience around the time that people still went to the theater to see live comedy. So the thrill of being in that audience and knowing that other people at home are hearing you laugh and enjoying this experience with you, the energy was there for the honeymooners and died the more and more that became like a business and a town and yeah. then American royalty. Yeah. I I'm excited for both of you to see it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they're playing off of, and I can't wait to see where they go next. Bentley seems really fun. Bentley, I think, has is having so much fun in this. There is Bentley. Yeah, Paul Bentley. Yeah. Is having so much fun in this show. There are just like random shit that he does that I'm just like, I'm so happy that he's doing this and I don't want to spoil it, but there's, there's some fun stuff that he does. Chris from my tree. Uh, I'm wondering as I'm looking at your Disney plus and I'm seeing what's coming, what okay. uh, MC, what MC, MCU shows are you looking forward to? Falcon winter soldier. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. 
<laughs> I am too. I am too, just because I think there's going to be just so much fun. They, they look like they're having so much fun. I think yeah. the the there's so much I am excited about when it comes to Loki. I'm uh, scared that that one's going to be two by the numbers. No, that's like be two by the book. The image I saw of him. Sorry, go ahead. No, that I see things coming. That like it'll be like a weak Star Trek show. That's not what I'm getting. Like that, I'm like that promotional. Like there was a, they released images and it looked like he was running for president. I was like, yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Are they really gonna go there? (laughs) From what I've I've. I've seen from because I will die if they actually <laughs> from what I saw in the sizzle reel um, for Loki. Uh, yeah, there's this, yeah four minute yeah, thing. Yeah. It made it it made it seem like first off he's working for um, he's he's working for the Living Tribunal, which kind of makes me super excited about. But uh, part of the deal of that is that he has to travel to alternate dimensions and shit and like stop things and one of those is he he won the presidency and ended the world <laughs> like like that's one of the the worlds that he has to go to which seems kind of awesome a little bit yeah i feel like loki's going to be either really far out in the guardians of the Ga- guardians of the galaxy type way yeah or it's just not going to work Whereas, like, WandaVision, I was pretty confident in it. It got it. it apparently, it was the first one coming forward. Well, the thing that I like about WandaVision when I look at it is I was like, Falcon and Winter Soldier seems like it's um, just a straightaway, just a like good action show. And Loki just seems like sci-fi yeah. and fantasy. But this was different. And I was hoping that it was, it, the, I think the main show that it reminded me the most of is I don't know either one of you watched. Did you guys watch Maniac on Netflix? No. The Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, Gary mm-hmm. Fukunaga ten episode. It was about Jonah Hill and Emma Stone would take this drug and then go in this computer program that would take them to different fantasies and they would play different things. And sometimes they would be in a home and they would be a family, or sometimes they'd be in the old like time but it's exactly kind of like this but basically it was about people using this experiment to understand their problems and taking this drug as part of an experiment to deal with their trauma and that's way more art house this just seems more playful but i'm talking to winter soldier yes very excited very excited i love the two of them i want to see sam wilson's captain america i want to see them take that i want to see more daniel bull i'm just like i'm excited i want to come i just want to come like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor were all fun, but like all the well, like all the like interesting action stuff was on Earth, and I want to go back to that. You want to take a break okay, from galactic so I, stuff? I know that you have said that before, but I know for a fact that their plan, David, that Kevin Feige has always right. said that they are leaving Earth and they are not going to be doing that anymore. Okay, so yes, in that I case, do. Having a grounded nature in Falcon Winter Soldier, hopefully uh, Hawkeye will apply to that really well, too. Yeah. yeah like in that case, like, one more go at Earth. Like, just one more, one more hurrah, you know? I mean, I mean, Chris, you're, you're going to be getting, like... For, for also, that, Hawkeye's on my radar, too. Radar too. For that stuff, you're going to And Miss Marvel. And Miss Marvel, too. Yeah, you're gonna be getting like Miss Marvel, Ironheart, 
Armor Wars. Like you're gonna... Ironheart is not confirmed. Ironheart is confirmed. It's a Disney not. Plus. It's a Disney Plus series. Not. Miss Marvel is a Disney Plus series. No, not Dis Ironheart. No, Dominique Thorne is playing Riri Williams. It is confirmed. In Miss Marvel. No, in Ironheart. It's getting its own show. Wrong. No, no. Okay, Zach, Zach. Just because I think let's let's clarify this a little bit more, and let's just talk about the shows that are already filmed and getting put out. Ironheart is is confirmed. They are shooting it next year. Okay, I I'm t I understand that. I said that that clarifies it. But so she's in Miss Marvel, Damn which it, is he's right. shot, which is already shot. And that one's not there. Okay, so cool. I just, I'm just that, trying to clarify right, this because right. I, I completely I forgot that Miss Marvel was happening, and I don't even know who's in that. So, so completely new faces. But yeah, Ironheart. Yeah, that there it is. Ironheart is going to be a thing, man. I missed it. I, I did not see that headline. Yeah, I think um, I was a, Moon Knight, that was a Moon Knight is also going to be very Earth based too. I'm pretty sure. I mean, guys, we just went through 22 movies. 22, several shows. Also, we're getting all Hawkeye series. Long time here. It's all, I get what you're saying. You don't want to say goodbye, Chris. I do. And I understand that it's like, I don't know how you feel about all of this weird stuff as something to digest as part of the MCU. Is it too weird for you? Are you like, afraid of it getting freaky? No, not, not, like, not really. Because I know, like, I'm more curious than fearful. Like, I'm not afraid of that. It's just, like, I just always thought that's where that's where my personal favorite stuff came from. You know? Like, that's where, that's where it all kind of started. That kind of begs the next question. How do you feel now that some of your heroes are not getting movies and are kind of getting regulated and new stuff's coming? What? <laughs> yeah, dude, like Iron Man's gone. Spider-Man's got one more movie in him. Maybe more. Possibly. We'll see. There's no more Thor, really. He's part of Guardians of the Galaxy. He's got one well, more we're, movie. We're I don't getting a fourth Thor. Many more after that. I know. My point is, is that things are ending. And yeah. the new kids are coming, and they're coming in the streaming services. I was, like... So, what I was going to... So, my thing was, I was really going to, like... I knew... Because I knew this transition period was, is happening, like... Like, they're transitioning to newer stuff. But, like, I was... Here's the sad part. I was really, really... I said, I'm going to put my foot in the ground. Since Cap is gone, like... Like, Black Panther is where I'm going to... Hang my hat. And now look at where that went. Yeah, I get you. I got you. No, that so was. So I am I think that again was the kiss was. of death. Well. Oh no, it's not you. Dude. It's not you. He did it. He did it for you. That's the thing. He knew he was dying. He did it for you. He gave it to us. Despite that, yeah. that's the trick here. It wasn't taken for us. He gave. He used his last bit of energy to give us that shit. Don't don't think of it that way. This is a different story, which is why again he needs to be lauded and hopefully will be lauded for being the best actor of the year just for that reason alone. He didn't have to do that. I hope they give him did. an honorary Oscar this year. 
kind of think he deserves it a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, a little bit. Like, it's fucking cancer. Anyway, um, yeah. but I do see what you're saying. I think they put their cards in that, too, which is a really interesting bet. Yeah. He was uh, a hopeful one. I think we're all hopeful for that. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace. Otherwise, I'm cu- otherwise, like, I'm keeping... I'm kind of just like... I don't know really where I'm at right now. Like, this show is getting those questions. Yeah. Like, like you said, like, like Tony Stark is dead. God knows what Sony wants. Sony won't let go of Spider Man. Um, Cap's done. Well, from what it sounds like, and and maybe this might this isn't confirmed for anything but it sounds like this this natalie portman's gonna be thor that's actually pretty cool yeah um um, it sounds like sony is at least gonna work with marvel to continue to do more characters they better well we know that tom holland's gonna be in venom too they've pretty much confirmed it um um, I don't know where Mark Ruffalo is. I haven't heard from him in a while. He, um, he, he's going to be, I guess, in She-Hulk. Black Widow's dead, but she's getting one more movie. Just release it already. Agreed. Um, I, I, see, I, these are interesting questions. I, I'm asking them because it's hitting me now. And, and these thoughts that you're having are, this is what this show is doing. We've been, we were supposed to have these within the rhythm that Marvel wanted us to have them. Quick, quicker. A year ago, after Endgame, we were supposed to like fucking not think about this shit. By, by this time, by, by this time, we were, we we were supposed to already have had Black Widow and Eternals. So by this by this point, I do not we have really not Eternals. Well, I I I am excited for considering that director is up for and probably might win for best director and best film this year for the Oscars for No Man Land. I I. People fucking love Chloe Zhao. Uh, I I I I really think that the we we knocked the train a bit with the coronavirus, just in the rhythm that Marvel had us going with. A lot of people stayed at home and they watched those twenty two movies and led to Endgame again because they had nothing else to do and they felt that train and they respected it more. And people don't want that to go away. I get that. I do, but. We we need to accept that, and now this show is like, it's making us realize, oh oh shit, yeah that's right, okay, mm, all right, okay, mm. phase four, here we go. Mm. I, I think we had a year. I think had a year to feel that way. It's a loveless thing. So yeah, you know what I can see that. Like really rocky about this show too. That feels really weird. Is like, this is the first phase four thing we're actually seeing. Like we haven't seen Black Widow yet. Black Widow. I'm excited. No, I, I know, but is it really Phase Four? Soldier. Yes, yes. Is it, it is. technically Phase Four? Yes. How many times? Well, let me ask you this: How many times have they ended a phase, but really the next movie was the epilogue of the phase, or they, or they instead of ending the phase on the right ending, they did it one more time? That's what I'm like saying. With Ant Man. And- I feel like that's what Black Widow was supposed to do. It was supposed to be the nice little tag on epilogue to everything that was the thing that when you like these movies are now tv shows and you don't stop a tv show for a year that's going on that kind of train supposedly 
the epilogue, according to Marvel, you know, they'll say whatever, is the epilogue with Spider-Man Far From Home. But what, Florence, okay. Florence Pugh is your next Black Widow. That's the only thing that well, makes my sense. Point, my, my point is, Zach, is that they blend that, that idea of what is really the end yeah. of a phase so that you feel the next phase coming. It's like, yeah. I do this all the time with mixes. I'll find songs that ha- that sound like they transition into each other. So you're like, God, that song was so good. And then you're like, I want to play that again. And then the next song starts and you're like, but this one is so good. Fuck you last song. I'm on this one now. That's the whole point. That's yeah. the whole point of TV seasons and that rhythm. We've knocked that rhythm off and now everyone's like, Ooh. True. Um, either way, I mean, at this point, we, we would have seen a really interesting, whether you, you want to say that... Um, Black Widow is the real start, or if you want to say that, um, that... I will. I am willing to admit that jury's out on Black Widow. Well, whether it's, it was supposed to be Black Widow or it's or, WandaVision. Or, the start of Phase Four is WandaVision. Okay, well, Eternals, I can accept that. Too. Eternals, Eternals, Eternals isn't no, out it's yet. Pretty, no, but Eternals is supposed dude, to come out. If you go, it's supposed to come out two months ago. If yeah, you yeah. go, dude, if you Stop. go on Twitter. If you go on Twitter, most people consider the the WandaVision to be "Thank God we're back at the MCU." Well, I get we're it. back I here. Get it. I get back. it. I get it. If yeah. we had actually had the, the general, I, I guess. I'm just saying that like they can't. Sometimes you can't decide what your nickname is. I, this is when Phase Four has started now. Like it's just I, the way it should have been Black Widow, and like I, I, I wanted it to be Black Alex, Widow. Alex, Alex, let me talk. I get it. <laughs> Go on, but I won't let you talk. I get it. I get that that's what it actually is. But what we were supposed to have was Black Widow last summer and Eternals two months ago. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying, we were supposed you, to no, get that. What, I get that's what we were supposed to have, yes, Zach. And I, and I also be, agree. Those are supposed to be our actual introductions into Phase 4. Yes! No, but that's I, not the reality yeah. here. Yeah. Hey, guys, calm down. First of all, calm down. I do get that. <laughs> I do. And I get that that's what Marvel would have wanted, and I get that that's the way the thing is. But it's not even just like a general thing. They released this show before they released Black Widow. This is now the start of Phase 4. Yeah. And it makes you ask the question, how consequential was the beginning of WandaVision versus the end of WandaVision? WandaVision was always going to be shows that to stream out for weeks so at the beginning how what kind of effect was it going to have i think they're going to play with us for a little bit i think they're going to bat around the mystery i think they're going to have a little fun for a bit it was just supposed to be a juicy thing to get you excited about mysterious things in this world after you already had the hand holding back into black widow whatever black widow has it was going to be for the whole mcu and we don't know that yet so i it's hard to say but like the moment what's going to be really funny is that we're not not only are we gonna have one of it, we're gonna have Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, and probably what if before we have Black Widow. It's wrong, man. They should just release Black Widow. Honestly, when are they releasing it? May. Yeah, that's when you release it. That's when you do it. Yeah. I mean, or they just put it on or they just put it on Disney Plus and just be done just accept that that's what i'm saying like even if you were to put it on just disney plus i mean yes january is when you put out your shit and people should like have that now and it would be nice to put out black widow especially after wonder woman but like maybe that's the thing maybe people are still kind of riding on wonder woman but like 
it's an action movie and people want action movies in May. I don't know if they're like betting on the vaccine. I wouldn't, but I think no. it's smart to put it out. Hey, other other movies are going to be coming out like that in May. You don't want to upset the rhythm of what people are used to. Like yeah. it, I, January should always be the month where shit comes out. February should always be the month where people are like, eh. March should be the month where people are like, okay, these are some good movies. And May should be the month where the door kicks down and they're like, fuck yeah, it's movie season, bitches. I don't think we should get that rhythm just yet if we want to somewhat have theaters around. Don't don't fuck with things too much. Like yeah. people know when their food when their feeding schedule's off. I mean, dogs know when they're not getting fed on time. The other thing is that, and not, not to get too political here. Uh, oh dear God. Well. At, this is going to be my mildly political. I mean, Biden did say he wanted 100 million people vaccine vaccinated in his first 100 days. So that would put it, what, around March, April-ish, where a third of the entire country is vaccinated? I, I don't, I mean, it's a, it, they're doing the best they can. It's a program controlled by humans, so there's always going to be air. And it's controlled by our government, which proven by the fact that the vaccine, or the, the virus hit us as hard as it did, proves that our government sucks. So that's fine. But it, I'm just thinking in terms of, I, I'm not betting anything on the vaccine, controlling the populace by the summer. Maybe by winter, when people are still bogged down because of the weather, they'll want to go out and they'll have fun because the vaccine will finally reach more than half people. But like, summer is looking a little bit too ambitious right now, and I'm okay with that. But if we're going to think about movies and how they roll out, I don't think we should like just put them out online and put them on your Disney Plus. But don't fuck the rhythms up. That fucks with theaters. That fucks with people's rhythms and how they go. That that will that. That's throwing a ripple in the water, man. That's a butterfly causing a, a, an a, like a, a tsunami on the other end of the earth. Like, it's just like it just sucks that here's the darn here, here's the darn shame of it. Like it sucks that Black Widow, who has been, if we're being honest, a secondary character throughout all these movies. Who has been? Who has just been a side character in the MCU for however long? And people have been asking and asking for a solo movie. They finally develop it after her story is all said and done. And COVID hits, and now the pre the now like the first female Avenger who has been here since almost day one. It probably won't get a theatrical release. That sucks. That's a that damn shame. I well, and it's nobody's fault. Well, that does suck. That does. I mean, that's the universe. Just yeah. Well, you know what? It is. It, she should have gotten a movie a long time ago. Yeah, she should have. She should have got a. That's there's, there's plenty to people to blame for that. Like, but yes, that's also the universe giving a swift kick in the balls. It doesn't need to be said. But also, I do think that she won in a lot of ways by being in two of the biggest movies of the year with yep. uh, with Endgame and that. Then she had Marriage Story, and then she had Jojo Rabbit. Like, she's fine. She's, I think yeah, I know she, she's fine. This is like, I, I guess what I'm saying is that does suck, but I'm at least happy that the universe was like, we screwed you on one of the most important characters you've carried forever and how that went. 
However, here's a bunch of other amazing shit. So I do love that. That is nice. But um, that it makes me think about, yeah, is that going to be a thing that she talks about when she goes to marketing for this movie? Will she market for this movie? Uh, how will the marketing go? I, I God, May is going to be so interesting. Blockbusters is going to be so interesting. I'm excited, man. Things are changing. People, you know, yeah. be happy for her. Be happy for her. She's still got a movie. She's still got a fucking movie. Yes. True. Anyway. Back to Willow 2021. Um, that's coming. Coming. It's coming. Um, and we are going to have to consume it just for the joke. I got it marked on my calendar in the tree here. It's the only thing I have on this branch, and the squirrels often poop on it. That's disgusting. All right, Zach, let's get, let's keep going here through news here. Uh, I think that's it. well. There's one other thing, but I'm trying to confirm information on this. Sorry. I have something too, though. If it's not the uh, same thing. This is this is about a Denis Villeneuve movie. Oh, I got something different. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess there was a recent update about the HBO Max thing. Uh, is that, I guess, uh, leg- uh, Legendary Pictures and HBO Max have reached an agreement that uh, th- th- whether they're going to hold off on releasing Dune until they can put it in theaters. But they haven't said what that is. I hope, I hope that in some cases that artists and the studios reserve the right to choose. I think it, it's about power and it's about money. You know, Dune is a spectacle and D- Denis Villeneuve has um, clout behind him. He's up there with a lot of amazing filmmakers. I don't know if there's a lot of people who can do this. So I'm hoping some of them get to do that. But like, yeah, you should reserve the right to like hold yours to the theater. Bond should, Christopher Nolan should have, but whatever. Yeah, um, they were also talking kind of, about Godzilla versus Kong too. That, that was part of this whole thing. Yep, that's like coming out in March. Early. Two months early. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're actually. We'll see our, how that goes. We saw our first images of it. It looked so cool. It did look good. I think it's a smart call. That's the thing, you know. People putting hopes on the vaccine and seeing theaters and by spring are and summer is bad news bears. Put shit out online and that is exactly the kind of thing that you should put out in march because i mean people don't care about that stuff they only want to watch it for a night they want to watch these two animals fight for a night in their home because they have nothing else better to do this is the perfect time to do it yes it's a lot of money and yeah a lot of people went into it and this franchise deserved better but you know put it out in march why not i uh, this hbo max thing is really weird it's super weird it was such they, a dick. They were, they, they were also, I guess, uh, talking about. Uh, we saw. We also saw our first image of um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Space Jam Two. Yep. Yeah, dude, it looks good. It looks good. Dude, um, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, animated films are just better. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if the story's gonna be better, but like, it looked beautiful. I'll be honest. I'm, um, I'm like all about it. I'm excited. There's stuff I've heard about it that like makes me smile, and I can't wait to see it. And I'm just all about it. And guys, you're you're forgetting the most important thing here. What? 
the Snyder Cut's going to be four hours long. So, not you even beat as a miniseries. So insane. Yeah, yeah, beat me to it. For longest, longest superhero movie ever, they say. That's crazy. Oh, they made man. a list of this. better be freaking entertaining at least. They, they put a list of movies, some of the list of movies on Twitter that are shorter than that. It was like Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Shivago, The Irishman, just all these movies that I love to watch for an afternoon. Yeah, sure, totally. But like, I consider that to be Batman versus Superman. Superman's like a, that's like pushing three hours right there. So I don't know, man. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't love Snyder's stuff, man. I always respect the fact that it's the image and the vision that he wanted 110%. He's an artist in that regard, and every artist deserves the opportunity to do that. I get it, the Fountainhead and Rand, all that bullshit, but I don't like his movies, man. And four hours scares me. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> right. I mean, I it's, like it's, it's, like a TV it's, show. It's four hours split into three parts, though, right? So I'm like, no, oh, no, four no, hour four movie. Hour. It's no, a no, four hour straight. It up, aren't they? No, 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 no. He. This is within the last couple of days. I get you that you don't know Zach, but like he just came out and said he's like, it's not episodic. It is a four hour movie. Maybe there's an intermission. I don't know, but I don't think I don't see why the fuck you would. But the, it oh, is a wow. I just hour. I just saw I just saw the thing. Oh wow! Yeah, Chris <laughs> P- so he's not doing it as a miniseries. That's so stupid. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. I don't think so. He wants to put it out. He wants to put it out in movie theaters one day when people do marathons of the DCEU and consider his movie to be canon. They want theaters to to people to sit in. Yeah, I, if he had it his way. Watchmen would have been for Like he's always wanted this to be the case, but yes. he doesn't make TV shows. He doesn't. Make TV shows. <laughs> I, and the only reason I feel this way is because I sat and I listened to him doing his like DVD commentary on YouTube of uh, Batman vs Superman, and I he he understands filmmaking in a way that I never will, but he he just does not know how to tell a story visually that's gonna in a way that's gonna make people care and it's either a because his ideas are wrong from the get-go or b he just is wrong for telling that story which is why i'm now like gung-ho about the possibility of him ever making a batman movie again and you know i I like some aspects of dawn of the dead and his horror stuff so yeah i'm excited for whatever netflix zombie thing he's making but not for this I'm not excited. Again, I'm scared about going into it, and I was always going into it like an experiment. So now I'm like, oh, I gotta put on a radiation suit for hours and shit. <laughs> four hours, Snyder cut. Just people don't complain about the fucking Irishman anymore being too long. It's slow paced. I agree, but it's it's gonna be better than this. Uh-huh. I would be amazed if I loved this. I would be right, God. right. I'd be so happy if I loved this. I'd be excited, man. Good for him. And you know, I I don't like him or agree with his you know views on how to make movies. But you know what? Good for him. It would be a great end to this series for a lot of people. You know, I'm always up for a happy ending, but I don't think I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it. And I know that's what's going to happen when we do this thing. I'm, I'm trying to go in as empathetically as possible, but 
four hour movie. Like I was like when I when I stopped and think about that, I didn't even think. It makes me realize I didn't think about what a six hour mini series by Snyder would be. How scary that would have been. Ooh, four hour movie by Zack Snyder. Jesus, and I've already seen it, and I'm still afraid. <laughs> Dude, I'm just excited for Space Jam too. <laughs> They're putting letters. Leto is going to be in there. They're putting that Joker in there. I mean, it's in that universe. No, 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 no. It's fine to be in that universe, but no, they they went one step further and put him in there. (laughs) You're like laughing about this, Chris, but this isn't like funny. Yes, you know what? Yes, it is. You know what? find really funny the more and more i keep listening to and hearing people talk about wonder woman they keep saying the same thing which is like man i love birds of prey and i love all these dc films and you know when everyone no one's fucking saying shazam no one's talking about shazam Shazam's great. great i know i don't i don't understand everyone's like i don't get it i like ah oh, no one remembers it no one respects Are it you making the second one uh yes no traction on it. Uh, and the best part is about the sequel is it's going to have... Not enough rock. strong women in it, Alex. No, it's going to have The Rock in it, dude. <laughs> Black Adam. Yeah, no. Oh, well, no, I thought his I thought his sisters, both of his sisters in Shazam were pretty cool. Uh, anyway, I'm uh, Justice League, four hours. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait! <laughs> I can't wait! Are you I'm more excited? Gonna, listen, for so no, no, no. okay. So when I went and saw, when I took my dad to see, uh, when I first started at the movie theater, one of the first movies I used my my pass on was taking my dad to see um, Batman v Superman, and that should have been an omen for everything that came after. That. <laughs> um, and so I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, what am I watching right now? Just like a complete bewilderment of what was happening. I cannot wait to do the EC- DC yes. Monday. Um, it's just like, it was just so off. I was like, when are they going to fight? It's called Batman v Superman. And this. This is going to be a theme for tonight. This is going to be a theme for tonight. Oh, my God. Titles are important. Okay. The title. So... No, 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 no. Let me finish. The title of your movie is important. Okay. That's going to. That literally tells you or tells the audience what to expect right off the bat. Right? Yes. So it's called Batman v Superman. Do you know how long that climactic fight lasted? Well, I want to tell, I seven tell you seven minutes. How long did was you, that movie? Well, did, did you know that two the, and a not, half hours? It's not the Batman version versus, was three. It's not. It's not Batman versus Superman. It's Batman v Superman, which technically means they're in legal battle. <laughs> Okay, okay, that explains why the Flash that showed up in Justice a lot. League. Yeah, exactly. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Why they only fight physically for seven minutes, and the rest is an ideological. 
battle. Yeah, I don't like Zack Snyder. They, 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 like, they talk as yeah. Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent at Lex Luthor's party for like ninety seconds. It's almost Before, like then they're throwing punches. Lost. An hour and a half later. It's come on, guys. Okay, How so this is uh, is this? We're, this is a prequel. This is a preview of uh, I. De- I don't want it again. I don't want shit. I don't want to defend that movie. I do want to defend that the movie has a vision. I don't want to defend the vision. I think the vision is stupid. But <laughs> we are going to do that when we get there. But <laughs> I think we should just leave it at that because we're going to do this then. And that will come Trust back. Me. Titles are important, kids. Trust me. <laughs> I love you, dude. <laughs> Titles are important. Anyway. Any more news? I don't think that was the biggest one. I guess there's going to be a Static Shock movie coming soon. The fuck is Static Shock? Bruh. Starring, oh. starring Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yes. He's also producing it. Yeah. What's that? Is it like a superhero? Static Shock was a for to he me. Was it was in the hero for a while. Yeah. Um Static Shock was a um like a Saturday morning cartoon on like WB Kids for a while. So he was a comic before he was a cartoon. That's what I know him as. Um See that's same with Teen Titans. Thank you. That's forward thinking right there. See, comics were smart to try and make kids shows, but something happened when Cartoon Network was pumping out shows around that time. And what has happened since then in terms of cartoon shows and people drawing in general? Like, Michael B. Jordan is smart. He doesn't do comics anymore. He's picking a character that other kids grew up with. Right. It's smart. That's Static That's Shock awesome. is smart. That's awesome. Yeah. Other than that, Gotta get me some Virgil Hawkins, man. <laughs> what? That's the character's name. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. I'm um, totally lost. Wow, this is crazy. This is gonna be good. So, what did we watch this week? <laughs> Lots of things. <laughs> oh, dear God. So... Um, I was. Go ahead, yeah. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? I, I'll go first. I'll go okay. through this. So I I was sick this week, this past week. So I watched lots of things. The first thing I watched, Mr. Alex, I finished season one of Twin Peaks. Did you now? They yeah. shot. They shot coop. They shot coop. They shot coop. <laughs> they don't shot I, coop. I don't know what that means. They. You won't, no, no, no. Unless you watch it. They killed coop. No bastard, dude. I what do you think? I don't so know where what to think about that show anymore. All your expectations <laughs> got thrown out the window, huh? Oh, and, and Leland is like super sketch now. Hmm. I have a coworker. Anyway. Interesting. Anybody else on your suspects? Uh, on your suspicions list? Uh, Catherine. After mm-hmm. she rescued uh, Sherry. Shelly. Shelly, sorry, Sherry. Shelly, Shelly. A lot of people, a lot of people. Um, and then uh, I was super sketch of Leo, but Leo's shot and probably dead. And... <laughs> yeah, poor Leo. 
<laughs> and then I don't know what the fuck's going on with Bob, but that's a thing. Oh, you met Bob, eh? Yeah. How'd that uh, go? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Hey, welcome to Little Lore, buddy. That is an object <laughs> that exists in our current current realm of reality. Bob's a Ooh. thing. Ooh, um, ooh buddy. Ooh, oh, yeah. you don't. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mike's like super sketch, too. Mike? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The um, and then the guy who owns um, Lucky Jax, is that what the place is called again? The, One-Eyed the, Jax. The casino. One-Eyed Jax. One-Eyed Jax, that's it. Yeah, that guy is super sketch, too. Benny Horn. Benny Horn. Ben Horn. Yeah, dude. Dude, uh, dude low-key, though, when Coop was talking to Jacques at at, uh, at One-Eyed Jacks, and he convinced him that he was the fucking drug kingpin above Leo, I was like, bruh. It's a good show, yeah. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Um, Coop's so, the best. Yeah, dude. Wow. Oh my god. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through 22 episodes of season two, but we'll see. Here, then the, here's it what I would slow. say. It was a slow burn. I will, I will say that. Here's what I'm going to tell you then. This mystery will be solved sooner than you think. Okay. And when it does, when it's over, I mean legit when it's done, yeah. I will tell you when to, what not to watch. Because the next few episodes, you don't really need to watch. And if you think that this is a slow burn, I don't think you're going to be interested in that stuff. But I will tell you that I think it's the last two episodes. I can give you a rundown of everything you need to know about it. And then you can watch them. And then it's totally fucking worth it. And then Uh, you're off to the races. Yeah, I I just got to figure. I got to just sit down and like do it. Um, So, yeah. So I watched only got like nine. I think you got like nine more. That's nine more than they solve it. Oh yeah, that's fine. I'm like I can watch nine more. Um, and then I rewatched Attack on Titan. Okay. All of it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's not that long. So. How many episodes? Uh, many season seasons? one's twenty six. Season two is twenty two, and season three is sixteen. Season four is six. Right now. Well, there you go. Nine, nine, nine episodes of Twin Peaks and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. It's not much. I, I'll be able to get it done. I'm not worried about it. But um. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's like that's that's a lot of Attack on Titan. I didn't know. Yeah. Like you, no wonder you didn't have. No wonder you were like, yeah, it's a lot to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I was well. I was also like sick to my stomach, and I like. Couldn't do anything but watch like TV, <laughs> so. And I was like, and I was like watching episodes of Twin Peaks like between seasons and shit. But that's just so many. I thought they were in like, I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, well, episodes they, uh, half an hour long. Yeah, it's half hour long, so it's like not long. Um, Chris. Yeah. You need to watch Attack on Titan. Like I said, when it's done, it's, it's, I need, it's, I need guarantee. I will believe it when I see it. If it's if the end of that show comes, 
and they and I hear that they lived up to that, then I will watch it. Otherwise, That's, I am yeah. waiting. It is fucking fair, dude. It's dude. It it's 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 a modern version of Ava. I I'm not kidding you. Oh man, like, it's, it's really old. just. There's a lot of things that remind me of Ava about it. Yeah, there's a lot, uh, but it also is a show that giant has, like, naked tiny... people. No, it's it beyond has... giant naked people thing. Giant naked white people. Well, first of all, who can't get enough of that? And second of all. I, I would say that it's Chris more Evans, so. Here's, Hugh Jackman. It's, it's more so. Here's a broom. Go save your fucking town, kid. Go do it. What's your fucking problem? Go do it. Is your mom dead? Yeah, she's dead. Go do it. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. It's. I I, I actually like saw this like online post that was like a detailed breakdown of like the comparisons of like all the tropes from Attack on Titan, all the tropes from Avon Git. It, uh, Neon Genesis, and the amount was staggering. It was like a it was like a ten page document of just like all the comparisons. Well, when Attack on Titan runs out runs out of money and is down to literal sheets of paper <laughs> that they have to scan to into the scan into the animation as an ending. Well, then well, maybe I'll pay attention. Well, lucky for you, Chris. They ran out of money. No. They Dang. almost ran out of money. They almost didn't get this season. Be, they had they changed uh, production companies twice. <laughs> but uh, the the other thing is lucky for you. The writer is actually getting to finish his story. He he was lucky enough to be allowed to do that. And two, uh, it sound and I was telling you about this earlier. It's sounding like the anime is going to end before the actual end of the manga, and then they're going to take the last like I believe. 13 chapters or something whatever the number of chapters left that i know that i know the chapter end and i know the end of uh what the last chapter of the series is because they told us the actual date oh so uh, and they're going to make and they're going to turn it into a movie uh uh, uh a feature-length movie so i gonna, want to make so they're make doing, something clear so they're doing end of evangelion <laughs> i i want to make a few things clear one evangelion evangelion two Shinji. So, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I just, it just the name Shinji makes me think of the funniest things. When I think of Shinji, it was, I just think, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have my own thoughts about Shinji. I, I both love and laugh at Shinji. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Um, uh, rebuild Shinji is better. To- <laughs> rebuild, rebuild Shinji is easier to oh, laugh. Oh really? Yes, oh, much okay. easier to laugh at. Um, I haven't seen any of the new stuff. I'm so interested one day to go back. I know, right? I'm wait- so mm. they, they delayed the release of the fourth movie, the fourth rebuild movie, the fourth and final rebuild movie because Japan's going through their own COVID spike. Um, they've got three of them though. It's so fucking yeah. serious worthy, man. <laughs> like, okay, just so you know, the first movie is like basically. The first few episodes, right before Oscar shows up. Second movie is where it starts going. Is like the rest of the show, right up until they ran out of money. Then it goes off the rails. Like it does Damn. different. Like the second movie just goes. It does does things differently than those episodes. But then the third movie comes. Then it ends different. 
And then the third movie is just a completely different thing. And it's, and it's like, yes. Um, just because it's, it's just a nice, like visual spectacular, like, and there's a, there's like a, there's like a mystery to it that people are trying to figure out. And, um, I guarantee you, like, it's also like more extreme. It's, it's more fun than the original show. Like, it's just like it's looser. It's not as deep, but like it it tries to be deep, but it's not as deep. And there's a lot of fan service too, which is like weird given how the original ended. Um, it was the so, direction of that of that property. That property yeah. needed to be remade anyway. at some point. And if you're going to do it, do it a little bit less dramatically yes i guess to be the um, way i would call it yeah, um, yeah. that movie is on like that show is on every fucking second is on like 11 in terms of stakes and drama and everything like yeah your emotions are pushed to a t so eventually somebody making it later would digest it a little bit water it down a little bit but no no I here's mean, the thing yeah. also here's the thing i don't know if you knew this but the rebuilds were are being made by hideaki Anno himself Okay, that's different. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Uh, what I'm try- no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is, like, I want to make something clear. Like, the reason, I lo- is, the reason I like Evangelion isn't because of how, like, crazy and extreme it is. Like, the fact that it is that. The reason I like Evangelion is because there's a message behind that, you know? Like well, there's deeper meaning to that. There's a lot of just how that Attack on Titan. Well, dude. It's well, yes, but it's also how that was presented to you. You right. responded to how that idea. I. That's the importance of like. That's why Inception is really interesting in a lot of ways. But just film in general, and there are so many films that are like. That's why Soul was such an interesting discussion to me. It was like there's so many films out there that are like, hey man, you know you had a rough day. Fuck up. Or, hey, man, love is just around the corner. There's so many stories, but it's how you present them. There's something intrinsically personal about Neon, about who made it, about its art. It is it is from the heart. It is craftsmanship. Of course, no one wants to find themselves in a position where they are, like, running out of money and having to put a show on the air through Xeroxes that they made at the office sweating their asses off. Because they're putting their heart and soul in there, while at the same time, they just have to put it out. You have to put it out. It would be like if we made a podcast, everyone was like watching it every step, and then you had to get it out tonight, despite the fact that you had another emotional breakdown about what you watched. Like Even though your heart is ripped apart, you still have to get this thing out because of some weird demand that you created because people like it. I'm... There's something about how that show was perfectly packaged before the ending and then how he made that ending and how it came out. He can remake it and craft it as many times as he wants because it's an excellent idea and product and thing that should go on forever. Uh, it's not mobile gun, mobile suit Gundam at the same time. There's a reason why it's smart and was good and it's lasted forever and should be remade. But that, that ending, man, that's why I like The Return, man. I talk about it a lot and everything I do, but like there's something about an artist 
on a popular with like a huge microphone coming up and just saying, fuck it. I'm not Michael Bay. I, I'm here to give you a part of myself. No answers, but here it is. And there is a message for sure. And you responded to it. But it's how he said it to you, man. It's how it's why I loved it too. It was why the first it was the first one I went to. One of the first animes I ever went to was Neon. Specifically because of how people talked about that ending. That it wasn't the same. That like it was a different show. It took the thing that was popular and it turned it on its head and it made it extremely emotional. And then the guy who made it really put something out there of himself in the end that said something about the show, the people, and himself that would resonate forever. You know? That show didn't fuck around. So, I just want to make that clear when we're talking that about Attack on Titan. Like, when you compare it to... when you, For me, when you compare it to Neon Genesis Evangelion, that's a tall order. It is a tall order. I don't think it's going to... I don't think... It's going to clear that for me, no matter how crazy it gets or whatever deep meaning it may have. I will say this, though. Twin Peaks, as weird as it is, inspired so many shows after it. Most importantly, Lost. Do I think Attack on Titan... I don't know anything about it, but having seen what I have seen and knowing the gear shifts, the similarities are there. I think they're both great ideas. And I both think they're presented interestingly, and one could not exist without the other. But I'm glad it exists, you know? Like, why not have some similar things? It's not a contest. It's what you like. Because you like me on maybe one day you make something that's very close to that. But so what? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I think it's very enjoyable. I think, like... It blew up in popularity for a reason, and it, and it blew up not because of its comparisons to Neon Genesis. It stood on its own for years and didn't get that comparison until fairly recently. Oh, it's just so gross. Zach, let me ask you this. Having watched it again so close together and binging it, when does the show get its legs? Attack on Titan? Yeah, when does it get its legs? Episode 3, Season 1. That fast? Yes. Wow. No, Actually, hold on. I want to double check and make sure it's right. But season one for sure. It's like, <laughs> it's like the first five episodes. That's pretty fast. Yeah. But I mean, it had the manga. It had the manga. Manga. No, I mean, it like. It was a concrete idea before it, they presented ignoring, it as an Even ignoring the manga. It, I'm just saying it was a concrete idea before it was put yeah. out as an anime. Season it one, would have five. Yeah. It, it blew up because of the anime, not because of the manga. It, that's not what I'm saying. It's not about talking about popularity. I'm talking about the idea of what it is, like oh. the story idea. Like, for, um, yes, it was a manga. The anime made it popular, but before it even became an anime, there was a concrete idea of characters and who it was, and a full-length story that was exploring oh, yeah, yeah. the concept already. Like someone made a storyboard already about this, pages long, and then before they made it, it's going to have faster legs than another show. Yeah. So yeah. that's inter- that's interesting so, to know that so there's that it, much good content. I don't have to yeah. walk through like a whole season before it gets good. Don't like I can tell you that you get your you know holy shit they did this moment in the first five episodes. That's the thing about Ava that I like. It's like de- like episode one, like first five minutes, like get in the robot, Shinji. 
Oh, it's like I'm not even hit the ground running. Even, go. I can, I can tell you, Chris, if you're if you're if you're interested if you're if you want things that you want, you will you will you you can you can be hooked on it as early as the first episode. I think for the for the most part, most people are really sold on it in the fifth episode. There's I can't a moment speak about it. There's a moment in the fifth episode that hooks everyone. Interesting. I usually say three for Twin Peaks. I I I, I can't speak for its tone or how consistent it is episode for episode, or its characters, or its humor, or anything like that. As a concept, though, and from what I've seen already, yeah, a lot of it reminds me of Neon. But I think they take it down a further path that uh, creates a lot of lore that I'm interested in. But I, I'm biased on the one, the one thing I want to watch this show for more than anything else is the gore. And the fucking monsters, man. Those things are gross. I love it. Yeah, I I think... I think, Alex, I think if you watch it, you'll be hooked episode one. Guaranteed. There's there's just... There's just a thing in episode one that just... You're there. A hundred percent for it. So... Man, I, I, I went on a deep dive once on YouTube before even seeing the show of, like the best moments and it was because huge like the moment you go on your phone and you look up anything then they start shoving shit on your google homepage. that's like it yep. like i yep. looked up exactly so i did that once and then all of a sudden a big episode happened in the show the last time it was airing a, a yep. season and then i started seeing things and then i went to youtube and i was like what happened here and like a mi- there was a million YouTube things that were just like, this moment, this character, oh my god, yeah. how tragic, how beautiful, how honorable, and I was like, damn, dude, people love this show. Yeah, uh, so. yeah I would say uh, you probably can be um, you can be uh, hooked on it episode one. Uh, the moment that really usually gets everyone is episode five. <clears throat> Okay. So, with that, did you see anything else? I know you said there was a lot. Uh, movies. What did I watch movies-wise? Uh, I guess I watched the new season of Disenchantment, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it was fun. The new season of, of what? Disenchanted, Matt Groening's uh, Netflix series. Oh! I never got around to that. It, it's okay. Everyone says uh, that. I, I'm glad I'm... You th- yeah. Uh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> no reason to rush is all I've been ever hearing about that. So, what? No reason to rush no, to watch no. it is no, all no. I've ever heard about that show. It's yeah. something. Okay. To, all right, cool. I, it, it's something to watch when you have, uh, when you have, uh, when you have a weekend and you got to watch on Netflix. Dig it. Yeah, it's it it's like one of those. It the new season was not great, but yeah, yeah, I can without it. Is what. Um, is what what is what it is? Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, past that, I rewatched Avengers Endgame. Uh, I still have not seen that since the movie theater. I'm still cherishing that movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> that memory, yeah. Oh, that movie is so good. Um, yeah, that's great. And then... Uh, <laughs> Make love, not war! <laughs> uh, but uh, I got... The the minute I found out we were we were doing Harry Potter, I went on a very big binge on a specific director. 
Oh boy. Uh, uh, so you watched a bunch of Alfonso Cuaron? Yeah. What'd you watch? I watched. I rewatched Prisoner of Azkaban because I love it. But uh, I also watched. Hey, that's too far. That's whatever, dude. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, I watched Children of Men, Gravity, Roma, and I think that's it. You're too yeah. far ahead, Zach. Sorry. I feel like he did another one before that. Before uh, he. Uh, well, those are the four American movies he's made. Uh, oh, I guess like, Little Princesses, but that's like whatever. Little Princesses or Little Princess? Little Princess. Okay, good, because I did see that growing up. Okay, cool. That was oh, the, yeah. the Great Expectations. That's right. He did some 90s shit before he got here. I knew yeah, that. I, uh, I'm, looking at, um, I'm looking at his IMDb. So. God, I love Children of Men. I think that's a great movie. Watched, yeah, a, watched a movie, reminded me a lot of that. And then, because because now I've, I've been in this Alfonso Cuaron thing i really also want to watch alejandro gonzalez here on night two and guillermo del toro again spanish is the spanish triple feature yeah they're called the three musketeers excuse you well that's a french <laughs> so I, I i added the latin thing so the, the latin three musketeers yeah i mean i mean mostly i just watched like uh babel birdman and the revenant those are probably like the three in already two movies that I'd watch, and then I'll watch pretty much anything from Del Toro. Have you watched Book of Life yet? What? Have you watched Book of Life yet? I've seen Book of Life. Okay, then. You're good. <laughs> Check out. Check out, buddy. It's only because I watched it recently. He's probably got a bunch of other shit I don't know. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, it makes me want to go back to those two. I... I God, Chris, I want you to, dude. There, there are movies of Del Toro's that you haven't seen that I want you to see. So, no, really, tell me more. Really, movies <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen. Chris, you keep doing that, man. You keep doing that. Chris, of course, he needs to see more stuff. Chris, of course, I, I want to push you. I want you to watch Shape of Water and Pants Labyrinth. I have seen Shape of Water. Oh, you have? Yes. We literally okay. had this discussion before, and it is also literally recorded. Okay, never mind then. Uh, I do want you to Labyrinth <laughs> then. That's Labyrinth is pretty fucked up. That's so, on our that's on our backlog, I think. So good. Not like we're getting to get to that anytime soon. No. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> anything else? Uh, nope. That's it. All right, Alex, go ahead. Uh, I've been on a Fincher kick. So I rewatched Gone Girl. <laughs> Fucking great. Rewatched um God, what was it on Social Network? We watched Mank. Um I wanna watch Benjamin Button again. But I haven't gotten around to that. Uh, a Girl with a Dragon too. I watched that one again. That was really good. I think Gone Girl's better. I'd s I've seen Benjamin Button, but I think I was too young to see it because I remember just it being boring. I don't think it's his best, but there's just something about his style. And I, I okay, I I can't defend the rest of the movie, but there is a 20 minutes in the center of it where Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett are married and together and just happy in a house, 
And there's a moment in Forrest Gump where him and Jenny do the same thing at the very center of the movie. And it's a massive house. And I always wanted to live there in Forrest Gump. I just saw oh, this amazing house. I, it was always part of my nostalgic childhood. And what I loved about Benjamin Button is they didn't have a big house. They just had a small house that they had bought. They had a mattress on the floor. And they, you know, they didn't give a shit. They just had sex and were happy. And I was so happy for them. There's a, there, it just watching them meet in the middle as the movie was posing that idea. There's a moment earlier where they like each other as kids, then they meet each other, but because he's like an old man still, and she's like an 18-year-old ballet dancer, she's like young and like, I, you know, I've been with women, and he's like old, and he's like, I kind of just want to go home. And, but they still love each other, and eventually when they hit that center, I, I think they do that better than Forrest Gump. Outside of that, the movie's chocked with a bunch of people that would be famous later, and it's just a lazy day movie. Fincher would make a lot better stuff that you have not seen that is the reason people talk down about it, but it's it's not terrible. If you just have to be you have to be in the in, in the mood to watch a three hour movie about a guy in his entire life. I'm a big fan of entire life stories. Yeah. Where you get from birth to death, life life uh, according to Garp, stuff like that. Life according to Garp is my favorite book ever, and it, it's de- it's really defined a lot of the stories that I like to digest. I, that's, uh, I uh, that that stuff like that is like also why I love movies like Five People You Meet in Heaven. Ah, that's a good one. Very sad. Sad, but uh, it. It's it's sort of like a it's a wonderful life if he had actually fucking jumped out the bridge. Can't do anything about that. It's totally well. It's what it is. I mean, I I, I it, but yeah, good Fincher kick. Um, I I watched, I watched Underwater with Kristen Stewart. You were talking about watching that one time, weren't you? Really good, really good movie. Really suggested, highly suggested. Zach, you're gonna fucking love the ending, bro. Hands down. Defy I've, you to not like that ending. I've heard about this movie. So. Don't look up too much. Don't look it up. Just turn it on because I don't want you spoiled. But uh, you're gonna love the ending, Zach. Well, like, Outside of that, I've, I've heard stuff about this movie that already that probably already ruined it. But that's okay. What did you hear? Well, I heard that it's a Lovecraft movie. Oh, mother. It is a, it is a, yeah, it's a kind of like, um, I, I don't know if they got the rights or whatever, but they just basically did it. They just fucking did it. And you know what? <laughs> they did a pretty good job. I would say that, like, it's basically, this is pretty much what the movie actually is. It's pitch black, but it's underwater. And then oh, they do a Lovecraft thing. And then you're like, all right, cool. But it's pitch black underwater. And uh, there's a couple moments where they're outside on the floor oh, of the ocean. A lot of great people, dude. Really good cast. Well, I really like it. Miller is a kind of big asshole. He, first of all, he is, yes, he is a big asshole. This is probably one of the last movies he's ever going to do uh, of this caliber with this kind of cast. But he is actually very good in it. He's actually great in it. Everyone's great in it. John Gallagher Jr.'s in it. Kristen Stewart is amazing in it. Vincent Cassell is very sturdy in it. Oh my god, dude! Great cast. Uh, they carry the movie. The movie does. The movie is not slow like Pitch Black. It's not there for atmosphere. When you when the movie starts, shit goes down. 
You don't, they don't have time for to be like, uh, oh my God, my I've missed uh, this is an important character. No, shit's going down. Keep your ass moving. The movie does not let up. Um, and then I would say, uh, when they go on the ground and they're in their suits and they're underwater, they it looks really good, but also at times you're kind of well, like, I can't see anything. On one of your guys' door. I'm, no. uh, I I live in a duplex, and my room is next to the door that leads to the upstairs. Gotcha. So that's what you're hearing. Really good headphones. New headphones. Really good new headphones. Um, and so uh, I would say it's much better because this movie was on the shelf for three years. They made this movie in the spring of 2017. This movie sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I heard about that. It was because of the sell of 20th Century Fox. This is, the, this is technically the last 20th Century Fox movie ever. And they put it on the shelf during the sell, and then it just came out. And to be honest, it's really good, and I don't know why they waited. But, yeah, like, it's it, it has a great pace, great performances. Stewart is great. I don't know why she doesn't get the respect of Robert Pattinson. It's fucking crazy. She had a thought, like, the movies may not be great, but she is putting everything into them, and I fucking love it. I I, I, I actually love what she's she's done with herself last few years, like... I, I haven't I haven't been like a hundred percent behind like every single movie that she does, and I'm not necessarily a fan of every script, but she definitely looks like she's had a good time, and she's definitely like give it her all, like from like American Ultra to Camp X-ray to Charlie's Angels to Underwater, Happiest Season she of Hers. Deserves, she deserves. I just think she deserves more recognition for the work she does and puts into films even though the films are not necessarily great pattinson gets all the love for being in indie movies and giving all these performances but like you know most people don't actually watch the films they're just like oh he's brave for doing something different and it's like she did so many different things like personal shopper happiest season charlie's angels and underwater all came out in the same period they're all fucking different they're all great performances like she would have fucking a french oscar for personal shopper so like I don't know why people don't talk about it more. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, I would say... <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I would say... Um, did I mention that I saw Kajillionaires last okay. time? I think okay. so. Uh, sure. Kajillionaires... Okay, so Kajillionaires was awesome. I loved it. I've been waiting to see this movie for a bit, and then one night my brother and I were just like, let's just watch it. And he, he totally took the initiative press play. There you go. Um, solid con movie. It's about two awful, awful, awful fucking people that raised this daughter to be a con artist. And um, they just are the, they're the shittiest people ever. And this girl is just so... So lacking in any sort of emotional uh, recognition or, or giving it no, there's no one has given her any love. Really, her parents have just allowed her to survive and get what she is, and, and put her work in to earn the food that that they can all provide. That that's how you have to earn your right to be in that family, even as a child. That's the life she's had. And all of a sudden, this girl, this, like, party 
like really like attractive party kind of ditzy girl comes into their life kind of joins their fold and just it turns into this amazing romantic lesbian story and i loved it it was fantastic soundtrack was great Evan rachel wood was amazing um yeah and then that's all i've seen in 2020 recently there's a lot of stuff that i want i still want to see i know that news of the world is out i still haven't seen defy bloods it's a lot of stuff uh that's that's it i think okay. for the because we were watching 2020 stuff for the Buttercast, so I was trying to catch it and stuff. And then my brother just was like absorbed in Fincher. That's pretty much it. That's why tomorrow's gonna happen. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch stuff to talk about next week because I watched. I'm gonna be watching a lot of Harry Potter. Oh boy, here we go. Um. Well, I play it again. Um. So nice. Hitman. <laughs> I'm into those new Hitman games, and oh my god! Like, first off, they're beautiful. Second off, oh man, Hitman is just so much fun. Like, isn't it? (laughs) Those movies are terrible, but like, oh no, the yeah, but the games though. Games are amazing. Um. So I I, uh, I recently just got Hitman 2 because I realized, wait a minute, Hitman 3 is coming out. I need to freaking play Hitman 2. And luckily it was on sale. So I played that and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. And the cinematics are just like, like the cinematics in the, uh, in the, uh, between the uh, levels is just like, like that's my jam. Like I like that. I like that visual style. Um, just oh, chef's kiss. Um, I just like. Also, I do like how ridiculous it can get. Like there, I, I, like you can. Um, gosh, achievement hunter got me into Hitman. Um, and so like you could dress as like like literally you can like um like. Disguise yourself as literally anybody on the le- in the level, like from like like there's a race car uh, level, and you're trying to take down this high profile uh, race car driver, and you could dress as the mechanic, <laughs> like you could dress as, you could from like the mechanic to, and then like sabotage the car, sabotage their car. You can. Um, dress up. You could. <laughs> you could dress up as. You could dress up as the executive's um, like uh, favorite um vendor stand, like food vendor, and like poison their food, or like there was the opportunity to dress up as like the flam- flamingo mascot. I don't know where that was going, but like huh. literally. Okay. Hitman is like literally do whatever you get. I crushed two guys with a car because I released it because they do that thing in a mechanic shop where they lift the car off the ground. All you have to do is just press a button. I crushed two guys. Awesome. <laughs> just to get to a uh, a pneumatic a pneumatic uh, a pneumatic wrench. 
So I can sabotage the car with the rest of the crew. <laughs> and no one noticed the body until I was the bodies in the next room until I was long gone. Oh, that's one of my favorite things about Hitman is you can kill someone in the next room and then leave and it takes like four minutes before people are like, Oh my god, and you're already in like San Francisco. Yeah. Like and, I, and so like I was excited to hear that it was actually that something that I didn't realize that this is that these new that these uh, new games are a trilogy. And now this is going to be the finale, and like I'm totally all in. Like, oh man, Hitman is so Hitman. These new Hitman games are so much fun. Like, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it for me. And my dad. Okay. Also, Alex, you'll you'll, you'll hear you'll like this. Uh, my dad. Uh, so uh, we've had Showtime for a while, and now he's just realizing that Rambo is on there. And he's just been <laughs> watching those movies. Yeah, dude. I saw. I still have to watch the last one. Like, I still can't. Oh yeah, we still got to watch the last one. Um, I uh, every time he sees the with the second one still on, he keeps watching that. I'm like, he doesn't know. He's so blissfully unaware how how crazy this movie <laughs> really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, four is so disgusting. Four is gross. I hear. I saw a clip. I saw like a clip from like the last fifteen minutes of five, and oh man, I think five might have it beat. Oh wow, that's dis- that's disturbing. Nice. Like, I gotta be- no, now I remember it. I think it has it beat. Like seriously. Oh, wow. wow. I won't I spoil it. Little- I won't spoil it, but I think it's got it beat for grossness. Dead people. I love that fucking Rambo. It is murdering people. Uh. <laughs> anyway, Wish the guys throat out. Come on. Say what now? Rips the guy's throat out. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot he did that. Um yeah, so many awful things you forget about one of the most awful like if anybody else had done that, like for example, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, you would be like, wow, that guy just ripped somebody's throat out. You're going to be known for that for the rest. Like, that's going to be something you're known for. And yeah. It's like one of like five mini things he does in that movie. Not to mention all the other ones. Yeah. Um, to murder. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I think he goes much farther. I'll just say that. He goes much farther. Um, all those dirty Mexicans, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's pretty much it for me. Um, I think it's uh, time we uh, dive into this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we spun the series wheel last episode. And it landed on the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And per Alex's request, um, we are starting with the Fantastic Beasts movies. Which means the movie we watched today was the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So, before we really jump in, and this may feel odd to some of you listening, that we're jumping in here at this point in the franchise, um, but, so it's going to feel weird when I ask this question. Alex, who is David Yates? Oh, thanks for asking, Chris. Well, you asked me. I know, I was being funny. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Chris, this is one of the interesting... Chris, I'm sure you don't want to... What? No. What? 
Don't worry about it. No, we we did we didn't hear you because you actually broke out a oh. little bit. Hey, uh, um, so I was just saying, like, this might. I was just telling the listeners, like, this might feel weird that we're starting here with this franchise. Especially uh, when well, I asked the question, Alex, who is David Yates? So, so am I still breaking up? No, no, no. I wasn't saying you were breaking up. I said Zach broke up. <laughs> but thank you for reiterating that because sorry, sorry, uh, that is a very, that is a very. Before you get on too deep, I just want to say, Chris, you just made me laugh so hard because when I broke out, what I said is, Chris, are you sure you didn't want to start over? And then you started over. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow, that's pretty funny. Look at that. <laughs> it's because Peter's not here, right? It's because he's not here. That's the only one. I'm done. That's the last one, Chris. I promise. I don't I trust you not, anymore. Was... I'm keeping my eye on you. Nah, so there you go. That was, was funny because you did it, though. That's... I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> I didn't expect it. It is pretty it. funny that you did it is pretty funny that you did it, even though you didn't hear him say it, which I think is very funny. I thought you, I thought you guys meant that I, my microphone cut out. So oh, that is, no, that is my fault for not clarifying that. That okay. is my fault. But that is the bit I do. Okay, so your question is very interesting as opposed to the question that I wanted to know, which is that did was how well known was David Yates before he actually took the mantle of overseer of what the Harry Potter and the Wizarding World would be, which one of the main reasons I wanted to do this, not just because these movies are bad, but because they chronologically happen before Harry Potter, therefore they give us an opportunity to experience the world of Harry Potter before Harry Potter does, which is kind of an interesting move to pull. Well, um, And the other thing is, is that the Harry Potter series, the last few films, they kind of get really dour and serious, and they kind of like have this consistent tone for a while that's going to be a little bit draining at the end. And I didn't want to end it on like these films where there is no conclusion and they're also not that good. Um, so I, I was like, well, David Yates kind of is the reason this world exists now. Let's see what he did. And he's mostly known in England for creating a miniseries called State of Play. Uh, and directing it, basically. Uh, he'd done some other directing stuff, moving through TV, and some of it is like still going today, but they have a different view of how TV goes there. When um, he did this miniseries called State of Play, it became a movie with like Ben Affleck and other people. Like, it was a big deal later. Um, but that made, that made his mark, that miniseries. And then not too long after that, he was directing uh, a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> He's doing an uh, order so, of the Phoenix. Uh, uh, go I, ahead. I kind of go off of this a little bit. I, can, I actually kind of know the story as to what got us from Christopher Columbus to David Yates. So, um, so do, do we want to tell that gradually? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk about that yet. I like well, that's I want to that that's going to be for when we get to Order of the Phoenix. I just want to talk about David Yates as a person. Like I, that's yeah. why I, like I don't want to go into too much into it because like he doesn't really have any other recognition other yeah. than Harry Potter. So I don't yeah. want to go into him yet until we start actually going through his growth as a director because this is the film that I, as I was watching it, like by the very end, I was also like, "Hello, David Yates." Like, everything that involves the world of Harry Potter, the shots, the look, this movie's beautiful. And it is the David Yates show. 
It's the David Yates show for sure. We're going to see his growth and how he got there. But like, honestly, there was nothing really he had done before that outside of state of play for America. It was straight like a couple of TV shows. And then he made a TV movie that was written by the guy who wrote about time and made a bunch <laughs> of other romantic comedies. It was a Bill Nye movie called girl at the cafe. And right after that, fucking order of the phoenix so he just like kind of got into it and has defined himself as an actual on cinema filmmaker through this series so that's kind of why i'm also really happy we started with this this is the world we're going to be living in it for a while and at the very end it's defined by this guy there's really nothing else to know except he is the overseer of this world there's nothing outside of his career except for that so why not start with the late, like the ones where he really knows it, where he's confident as hell. He's not reliant on Harry Potter anymore. This is a whole new thing. So even though J.K. Rowling is like thinking of all these things of what the world is and like creating the script, like Yates in the back of his mind is like, I know what I'm doing. This is my shot. This is my movie. I finally get to go full reign. And he's doing it with Rowling at the same time. So as a director, and I'm, I'm I think he's supremely confident about the look and the world and the creatures and the vibe and even the, some of the characters and how to present it. But the script is all over the place and kind of ruins it. So, but like, we're, if we're going to get into how he grew as a director, we'll get there. But for now, all we need to know is he's the Harry Potter guy. And although these movies are like showcases for him, that's pretty much it. So, like, I, there's so many shots in this, so many moments where I was like, bravo, dude. Bravo. Like, I don't know. When, she, when she's kissing him goodbye and she's holding the, the uh, wand umbrella and then it pulls back from him in the rain, I was like, if I watched this when I was 10 on TV and I, I put myself in, my like, where I was in my childhood in that living room at that time, and I'm like, if I watched this at 10, I would, this image would stick with me forever. This moment would stick with me just because of how good of a moment it is. Like, I know people don't look at film the way that I do, but like, that's how I look at film these days. Action movies and subtle moments in films as a child that allowed me to grow up and be like, the movement of the camera and how that shot was done is why I appreciated it. And I love the magic of that. I want to know how the trick is done. There are so many little moments in this movie like that are amazing when he's just going around and showing all the animals in his, in his fucking briefcase. It's like, all of it is amazing. All these creatures are so cool. Like, I love it. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like this, where's functionally, this doesn't work as a story and you have to be invested in this as either an experiment or the world so desperately to get it as a story. Like, at least from my perspective. So it's just the David Yates show. That's all it really is. Like, yeah. we'll get his right. story when we get to Order of the Phoenix by Zach. But yeah. for now, all we need to know is, like, this is his, like, he just, this is his world. He can do whatever he wants. So, uh, to kind of continue to go off about the back-end oh. production stuff, let's talk a little bit about J.K. Rowling. Okay, um, okay, right. So, so um, oh, man, dude, do it. Hold, okay. hold on, hold on. Don't hold go on. too far. Because I got stuff to say, too. That, that's okay. I, I, we'll get there. Um, so for those of you who don't know, J.K. Rowling is the original author to the Harry Potter books. Uh, starting in the 90s, she created the world. She oversees it. She is the George Lucas to this universe. Lucky broad. 
author of the I script. I say that, but that's a whole she, other no, story. No, she is lucky. She was she did not have a home, and she was like she yeah. was down on her luck, and she yes. wrote this book, and this book dug her out of. She shoveled herself out of that shit, Zach. You better keep that quote in mind. She shoveled herself out of that shit, man. And yes, the luck and then handled- she married herself in way worse. And yeah, time, she wrote yeah, time got around on that. Right in the middle of that. So so I'm I'm gonna tell this story real quick because this this is relevant. This is actually relevant to this thing. You know, before you go into this, I'm gonna say this. It wasn't luck. She had many opportunities, many opportunities to fix this. Yes. Many. Yeah. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. So, before we get into our more modern things, that's that's a whole other thing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what J.K. Rowling did after her initial publication of the Harry Potter books. So, after that, the publication of the Harry Potter books, she let the community have its time. She created Pottermore, which was a site for her to basically write EU articles about the world and flesh out the world in whatever ways she wanted. And as the world, and and by the world, I mean the real world, uh, became more PC and cancel culture became a thing and not to use too much, but like the political ideologies of the world and the political ideologies that were supported in the Harry Potter books changed. J.K. Rowling had this terrible knack for for, uh, what's the term I want to use? Uh, rewriting the intent of her characters. Like, saying Dumbledore was... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't know if that's rewriting the intent. No, you are the, it's, it's you are the author. to a thing that didn't need context. <laughs> well, well, no, here's the thing. She is the creator. She can give whatever context. It's you as the audience to like decide whether you think that's canon or not. Everything that person says that they were thinking when they wrote it is what they were thinking when they wrote it. But when, the moment that book is published, it's the audience's. Well, and the you have the choice. That, the, the point is that she's long after the books were written. Long I know, after. but... I'm, so it is questionable as to whether or not she actually did think that when she wrote it. And it yes. could just be something that she was jumping on the train, especially when it was around the time that gay marriage was getting so, legalized in a lot of places. And it was a top. So, yes, you could say that she was jumping on that train if you wanted. Yes. So uh, and a lot of people saw uh, she probably wrote read the theories that people were talking about this. That Dumbledore had a gay lover. His name was Grindelwald. And he was secretly in love with Harry Potter. Whatever, you know, we can talk about. Oh, you know, we can we can talk about. Well, there's a ton of subtext of it in the in the books and even in the movies. You can you can when we get, especially when we get to like uh, no, Deathly Hallows and uh, Half Blood Prince, we'll actually talk. About this okay, Dumbledore's a pedo. Okay, oh, because it no, is there. I'm ready, Chris, there. Chris. No, I don't. I don't think it's there. I don't think that shit's there. I just okay. think there's people reading into that stuff. I think it's a theory, sure, but no. I don't think the movies posit the idea at any, any, any point that Dumbledore is like, Harry, I've had you to this amazing mission. I have to you. I'm asking so much of you guys. Your shoulders are so nice. Why like, you working out? Like, no, he's an 18-year-old kid. Like, that's there's a, no movie. That's just people taking that person too far. No, Any- she... I, I, in terms of Grindelwald and all that stuff, I don't know. Like, I, all I know is that yes, she said years later that he was gay, and then people were like, 
gay pedophile? No. He's just teacher? Yeah, that happens all the time. No. He just was gay, and now he's an old man. Like, in Harry Potter, he is an old, old-ass man who really just sex is the last thing on his mind. Like, you just don't want to think about Any, an old man. Anyways, so... Anyway, it, yeah. Any, anyways, so... They have sex all the time, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so, J.K. Rowling, when she signed on to write this, she took this as an opportunity to write into many of the things that she had already been talking about for years and attempting to basically write Harry, uh, Harry Potter EU dumps into a movie that probably realistically didn't need it. I it, see, this is where I think, I think it's an interesting take. It's, but it's I, why, it's why we're seeing, it's why we see stuff in this movie, like references to Ilver Morning, which is the American Hogwarts and why, you know, we see Thunderbirds and, you know. And- how, how, how is it when George Lucas wants to make three prequel movies and it mentions them every time he opens his mouth, people think it's fucking canon. But, but for J.K. Rowling, she's just trying to know. Harry Potter was such an amazing product. And I hate to talk about art this way, but it was. It was an amazing product that lasted several movies because it was good and the world was amazing. Again, I don't want this world to die. This world needed to keep going, and she decided to pull Lucas and go back in time and tell the stories about a lot of the people that would later, you know, go through the things with Harry and Potter. That's and fine. That's fine because she had a platform to do that online. She didn't need to write a movie to do that. Dude, of course she had to write a movie, dude. She was there. Like, the moment the first Harry Potter movie was made, we all knew. They got Christopher fucking Columbus, man. We all knew this shit was going forever. It was you the new Star Wars. 1492, you I know. Get- I get that, but she didn't, that. she didn't write that movie. Okay, I wait. She wrote the book, though. She produced the movie. This is her product. This is her yeah, baby. She, she wrote this that. movie. That's the difference. She she also produced this. That's fine to produce it. She can put her name on it however she wants, but she didn't need to be the writer, the sole writer. Uh, okay, so I agree with that. That was a dumb decision the same way it was a dumb decision for Lucas to make his movies but this was always going to happen she was always going to be the overseer of what happened with the movies in some capacity they gave her too much and they're reining that shit back they reined it back a whole fucking year and caught a co-writer now so like they all figured it out at some point but this is a like it's J.K. Rowling man she oversees the world and she's written several books that well, people also, love well, also right now, to her. the other problem is right now she her her brand is extremely toxic. But that's okay. So I, I yes I I do I just I don't this this has nothing to do with Harry Potter but she's super anti trans. <laughs> she is she is in fact a bigot. Yes, she is a bigot and she's doubled down on it and she says she gives money to companies that harm people so that's fucked up and that's what that's the thing where she's like could have stopped it but in terms of what this is. I got, I've asked myself after having watched it now, because the movie is based off of a textbook f- written by a character within the world of Harry Potter. So she uh, just decided by, by the way, to use... By the way, the, the movie is based on a textbook written by Eddie Redmayne's character. <laughs> yes. Yes. He writes... We, we, watch, we all watch the movie. It's a fantastic piece where he finds it. He writes the book. So in the Harry Potter world... Uh, that don't get book, me started on titles yet. Don't get me so started on titles yet. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. In the Harry Potter world... That book is a textbook that the characters like Harry and Hermione and all those people, that they're reading from. So that's where she decided to take that, and she decided to Lucas it. But the interesting thing is we don't know 
anything about the before time of Harry Potter, really. It was a it was open field. They didn't have an Anakin Skywalker story to go A, B, and C. We didn't know like the Titanic was sinking when those three movies came out. It, in this case, she has an open playing field. She can do whatever she wants. And, and yeah, that's where it sucks to have her write the movie. But I also think that there's something nice here. I like the idea yeah, of just Newt. Scott. I like the idea of Newt going around with these case, with this case of animals. And if it had been the human character who was the main character of these movies, what if this was a movie about a human character who, like Broom Boy, just became a wizard in the world of Harry Potter through five fucking films? Uh, that'd be amazing. But instead, me, they decided to here, focus here. on Grindelwald. Uh, my biggest issues with J.K. Rowling in terms of writing of this of the Fantastic Beast series has more to do with the next movie and less to do with this movie. I think there are massive, massive problems, massive problems in her writing in this film. I look, I love the characters and I love the idea of of a movie about characters running around and getting creatures in a world and, you know, let's support animals and, you know, animals yeah. have feelings too. Again, I get all that, there are but like, problems that, with this movie, and, but more of the writing issues that I see is when the fact that she's trying to like super lore dive in the next one. And it, it takes okay. away, and it takes away from the fun that this movie had. Considering the fact that we're bouncing between happy antics, silly antics of getting animals in a park with ice and like, is this animal's gonna hump the fat guy that turns into, oops, we just killed the senator's son. God, man, <laughs> come on. What are we gonna do? Like, scene for scene, yeah, not good. The tonal shifts to this are fucking ri- just ridiculous. The every, look, there are two things that you could do to fix everything in this. Take all the Grindelwald, Grindelwald shit out. Maybe put it on the skirts. Like maybe, like, but d- take it all out. I love everyone involved: Samantha Morton, Colin Farrell, yada yada yada. Great. Take them all out. Take it all out. I don't need it. And then make the human the lead character, not Newt. And then make it a story about all four of them becoming a group that then carries on the next five movies. Maybe they stop something. But I don't want a. I, I wish that the next five movies would have been a story about these four characters building the world of Harry Potter. Like, I wanted to see him train dragons. I wanted to see him go to Quidditch games. I wanted to see them have families. I wanted to, like, I want happy, interesting stories that aren't driven by a Thanos, Voldemort-type bad guy over the world that no one has talked about because Voldemort was, like, the big new baddie. So... I, I just think they had something here and they screwed it up. But even if you take all the Grindelwald stuff out, there's like a, like, it's not well written. It's just, Newt doesn't change as a character. He doesn't express why he's even there until halfway through the film. You, you're just following the wrong person. I, 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 I this movie should work and kind of does, I think, if you haven't seen the other films. You don't need to see them. But you do need to understand the world a little bit. And I think Chris understands the world well enough to be able to watch this film and get it. I don't think he, I don't think it's that hard. It's just Newt is the wrong person to follow if you actually want a story about how they stop a bad guy in the end. Because that's not what this movie should have been. Take that out and you still have structural problems. Because she's so detailed. Every scene is so detailed like it's a book. Like so much vast world building in- minutes of him going in that briefcase 
but none of it advances the story at all. Period. Like, what you what are you doing, lady? This isn't a book where you can put it down and pick it up and like like. It's just the wrong storytelling in a different medium. It just didn't work. And yeah, the worst part is that they are shoehorning a bad guy villain. And yes, it seems like it's so, going to get worse. On the, the topic part. of that bad guy villain, who's mostly played by Colin Farrell, but played by another person. Let's talk about Johnny Depp for a minute. Because <laughs> he is in this movie John- for like 10 seconds. He, well, he, right when this movie came out, is when he was accused of abusing Amber Heard. And by then, it was a debate. It wasn't a, a for sure thing uh, and definitive answer who did what. And so they took their chances, and even J.K. Rowling took her chances and defended him and put him in the next movie, which is where that the real kind of interesting thing is. Because he's going through all the conflict and uh, rumors and bullshit and trials and all of it when he's filming that. Um, But I find what I find more interesting is when Heath Ledger died, he was in the process of filming the Imaginarian of Dr. Parnassus. And when he died, they needed other actors to come in and fill the role. And luckily the character would go into this magical world. And when he went into a magical world, he would just turn into a different actor and both Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp, played the same character for Heath Ledger and then gave their salaries to his daughter. That's so nice. That I find more interesting. Next movie, that's going to be more interesting to see what Johnny Depp is doing, how he's acting. Is this like, because he's got a lot more stress under his belt then. I also want to point out that I think it's so shady that the British court system basically said, like, you're still at fault. Even though there's so much proof saying otherwise. No, they didn't say he was at fault. He sued the, the magazine for claiming he was a, a wife beater. Yeah. And he lost that. Which means out there in print, he is li- like literally called a wife beater. And it's considered news. He can't lose that. That's why he lost the Grindelwald role. The moment that announcement came out and it's considered print and on record, they asked him to resign. So he resigned because of the the, the, the uh, decision of that court case. Yeah. Which I think is like terrible because that's not at all what he is. And it, yeah, was... come out. Yeah, come out that he's innocent. Yeah, and his it's it was it's not even that he was innocent. It's that he he was the the person abused. Yeah, Amber Heard was the one beating him, mm-hmm. and so I, ironically, and this is actually something interesting: is who who's replacing him in the third one will be Mads Mickelson. I am excited about any time Mad Mads Mickelson's plays a villain. It's also nice to see someone who isn't British play it, which is why I was excited to see um, both Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp do it because they were different; they weren't necessarily Johnny English. I think, well, Johnny Depp is, for, well, he's American, but uh, yes. I believe he lives in France, though, doesn't he? Totally <laughs> looks like he it. Does. He totally looks like he it. Does. He does live in France, but also um, he's never, I think he was speaking in an accent in the movie, and I, I guess we'll find out a more definitive answer I, I, in the well, next he's one. Speaking, he's speaking with a British accent, for sure, but um, he, uh, <laughs> he's in Kentucky, he's, I know He's a gypsy. Um, I, I, um, 
I'm interested to see what he does next time. I think that's where it's going to get really juicy. I'm going to do my research and see what that production was like. They stood by him as the point. When this movie came out, the, the accusations came out. Rowling in the studio stood by him. They stood by him for one more movie, and then they dropped him. They asked him to leave. But he still got $16 million for the role. So good for him. Uh, yeah. um, so that leads us that leads us to the next the next big question here, which is Chris, how, what, what was your experience watching this? So, okay. Um, first off in the, I know in our, in our messenger chat, I sent you guys the link to that school review from years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys watched it. Mm-hmm. God, those opinions did not age well. No. You're so young. Oh my God. That's um, on record. Um, <laughs> about being on record. Um, so, so my mom's a Harry Potter fan. So I decided, okay, as much as I can, I'm gonna watch these movies with her. So I watched this movie with mom, right? <clears throat> because I'm nice like that. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, um, what's the word? Oh, I, I have a headache. Um, contrary to uh, what culture dictates, I love my mom. Um, nerd. <laughs> nerd. Who likes their mom? Um, I love my mom. I love my mom. So, so I watched it, and I'm like, what was I thinking <laughs> back four years ago <laughs> oh my god so um so when i first watched it for school i was like this is kind of fun you know it's enjoyable i don't hate anybody you know it's like you know so plus i i i view it as my first real like <laughs> Um, introduction to this universe. So we did like, it right. Right. Um, so this time I watched and I'm like, again, I was like, what was I thinking? What in the world was I thinking? Um, I was prepared. So going into it, I was prepared. Like, I'm in for a fight on this program tonight. I'm like, no, you know what? I think this is more... I think this is going to be more chill. So, this was not as good as I remember it being. Uh, (laughs) 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 And and, um, so, the reason for that, it's like, okay. What I will say is, like, I like Newt. Like, um, there was, like, stuff going around about how, okay, so, I think it was Chris Stuckman who was like, who didn't like this character because, like, of the whole, like, it's, like, he's supposed to play, like, a mentally, like, challenged individual, which I'm like, if that's true, that's horrible, that's horrible, but I don't Um, think that is, I think he's just antisocial. No, no, I believe, we would have to look into it right here, but I think he actually does have Asperger's, yeah. Yikes! Why? I, uh... 
Hold on. Here's the here's the thing. I I, I, I don't know about. I don't think you necessarily need to have Asperger's to portray or to write a character like that. If anything, I don't see any problem with them actually presenting oh. a human character that does have Asperger's. That's the thing. If okay. Not, okay. If you can't to... tell, it means they didn't make a point of that, of, of of showing him. I'm not going to lie. That kind of person. Full full disclosure. I had to Google what Asperger's was. I had to make sure I had my mental disorders and rights, so I had to make sure I got that right. Well, I'm not even sure if he has that. I'm just guessing, because I remember discussion about how he was acting and how he was portraying the role, and I think they determined that, yeah, he had something. Like, and I believe it was Asperger's, but at the end of the day, they were just like, that's just a part of who he is, and he doesn't right. explain it, but also, you could say that same thing about Sherlock Holmes, or The Mentalist, sure. or any other, you know, TV smart, intelligent person who can figure, but that's not who he is. He's not necessarily a smart or intelligent person. And he just kind of is so focused on his own thing, you know? Yeah. He just uh, is antisocial. I think it's Asperger's. And it, but, like, yeah, like, and it's kind of touched upon, like, he didn't, like, he's kind of, like, rejected for, like, his um, reputation for animals, so not a lot of people talk to him anyway, so I guess that could contribute to it as well. Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, yeah, they don't explain a lot about him. Um, so... Like, so yeah, I enjoy the character. Like, Dan Fogler is amazing um, as uh, Jacob Kowalski. Um, I liked it yeah. I liked it when it was them. Okay, I'm going to come back to... I'm, I'm, I'm circling the wagons here. Kids, titles are important. Okay? Titles are important. Alex, what's the title of this movie? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's about a third of this movie. <laughs> okay, so he gets there, right? Okay, yeah, so no. that's very true. So he gets there, goes through shenanigans, his case gets opened, and like um, <coughs> all the animals are let loose. Then he's taken to jail, where they don't, where the people in charge don't take him in because it's Tina that brings him in. So then. <laughs> There's this whole rigmarole where they have to go back. And so, then, no. So, his case gets swapped for Jake, Jacob's. And then, so, when they open it back at uh, the station, or the New York Wizard Police Station, and it's all pastries, they got to go back and get freaking... Um, they have to go back and get Jacob... Who apparently got bit by one of them and now is like horribly, probably, probably horribly sick. So they take him back to Tina's apartment. They have dinner. Then he, then he, uh, then they go to bed. And then they think going to bed. They go into the suitcase and then he finally gets yelled. And then we get all the animals that are there and he takes care of all of them. And then, they, then they sneak out and get the uh, and go and try and get the uh, the horny rhino, which horny rhino hippo. And um, um, and then in between all that is Ezra Miller, who I had to remind my mom played The Flash, and um, who is also probably a terrible person. Um, yes. 
Hmm. Let's so. So anyway, Jerry, Jerry's like, still out. So like, like he, said, this whole subplot is like Colin Farrell is taking interest in this kid, and he's supposed to hunt down the the uh, the Obscurus or Obscurial, whatever it's called. And this movie can't decide which one it is. I just blame it on culture, America, British, whatever. Also, I find it, let me just note real quick, I find it very funny that J.K. Rowling would put it in the script that Nukes Commander would say that Americans have backwards way of thinking about relationships between between people with people who are susceptible to magic and people that aren't. That is rather backwards. That's really freaking rich. Um... Well, yeah, that's and kind of the that's kind of the point. I, that, I also that want to the point British out are more. Hold on, Zach. Hold on, Zach. That that's kind of the point. The the British are more uh, staunchy and prejudiced about it. That's why they use the word muggles. Whereas, like in America, they're like just no magics. They just don't have magic, and they're cool, or whatever. They have rules, but like in Eng like they make a point where prejudice is part of Hogwarts. It's staunchy. It's British. It's upper class. So no, here's yeah. the thing. He yeah. said they were looser in Britain. I'm just saying it's rich coming from a script she wrote. Like that's weird coming it from J.K. Rowling. Is all I'm saying. The other really interesting thing is that like three fourths of this cast is American. Sure. Anyway, anyway, anyway. What I'm trying to say is... What I'm trying to say is the movie is called Fantastic Beasts of Where to Find Them, and we don't get that... We don't get them going after Fantastic Beasts until a third of the movie! Yeah, dude. It's like an hour. It's like an hour. Here's the thing. I'll take that movie where they're hunting Fantastic Beasts and they're all like, it's a silly, fun adventure. Heck, I'll even take the horror thriller aspect of this kid who's terrorizing this Salem hunting, like, witch. Witch, witch hunting is, like, terrible. Like, it's, I'll take that. Like, that's actually kind of interesting to me as a horror concept. But then J.K. Rowling just has to cram them together, and we get this. Well, she has to cram in Grendel. What?! I, I, it is a, it is for like we talk about sometimes. This is the not Marvel hard. Movies. Well, I, I mean, well, I, it's hard to make a movie anytime, but I do find it interesting when we talk about Marvel movies and how they have to take the MCU bullshit and force it into a story, but they still do it well. And she's never written a movie ever, let alone knows how to write a movie that's involved with a bunch of other movies. She knows how to like write books but this is an entirely different medium so like yeah it's just she doesn't know how to write a fucking movie so if she did a bit she made a bad decision and then also didn't know how to approach it well at all so you know she she cut it she cut a piece of paper with a turtle you know what i'm talking about oh boy, oh, I, boy. I, yeah. I don't know i don't you... think it's that crazy but like god I mean, at this point it's it that kind of it's that kind of approach yeah yeah honestly anyway, I would... Yeah, most of this movie was so much fun. Just like, first off, the like 1920s aesthetic was great. I, I love that aesthetic, but yes, yeah. like, yeah, like you guys touched on it before. Like, this movie is really, really gorgeous. Like, they yeah. put the money in there, I they tried to like, make something really, out of this. I really loved the fact that like Ron Perlman played a goblin gangster at a speakeasy. Like, that's I should have known that was Ron Perlman. I yeah. should have known, I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, it's Ron Perlman. I, uh, yeah, I. This movie's all over the place. This movie too. It. It's 
It's this this movie. Here's the thing: the actors, the production design, the look, the direction, the music, the CGI. There's so many things great about this movie that do not deserve to be given to this script. The script did not deserve to be greenlit. It needed like three other fucking passes before this shit went through. I have no idea how it happened, but they did the best they could to polish a turd. And you know what? There's some nice moments in here, particularly by the performances. I don't, I didn't really like Newt this time around until he started doing the dance for the rhino. And then I was like, you know what? Eddie Redmayne is our, is our new Nick Cage. Eddie Redmayne (laughs) is our new fucking Nick Cage, man. Like he goes for it, he doesn't give no fucks. I love it, and like he is this guy. He is Newt. He's lost so many roles. He like he didn't think he was going to get this role because he lost Kylo Ren, and then it turns out they wanted him. In period, they asked him to be in this. It was an ask. It was an offer. So I he was. I think he's one hundred and ten percent Newt. I believe he is Newt. It just takes forever to like Newt because you don't know what the fuck he's doing in New York. What is he doing there? They even say the guy he's there to see, like it's the third man, that he hasn't been there forever, that his sanctuary is closed. He's there for another reason, but we don't know until like, oh God, an hour in. And by then you're like, oh, they're falling in love with this like beautiful woman. And then then you're just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And then people start dying every other scene. And then like she's beating kids and you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? Yeah. Here's Even another now, thing about I'm this. Like, this is fucking crazy. Here's another thing about this. It's like this. It's just oh man, you oh. It's too you much. Touched a nerve like, there. Like it is too much. Like here's, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So this movie. All right. So the thing is that the magical, like, like Congress, is afraid of being. Like of getting ousted or being exposed for being magic. Yep. Well, no, I'm, all no, of I'm this gonna... stuff, everything happens in public. Everything. They've been exposed over and over again. The horny rhino under the lake. Yeah, but they met the in black. Imperial tearing time. everything up. They met him like, the black guy black. just floating. Up and then, <laughs> like the set, like the, like John Voight's kid. There's John Voight. There's another questionable character. Um, like yeah, that was that was weird. And like, like he just floats up in the air and then just warps and then like the tiles on my mom's bathroom floor. It's like and then he falls to the ground and then dies. Like well here and then his face gets torn off. Thing. Like all this crap is happening in front of non-magic people, muggles, whatever, and they're still afraid of getting exposed. They're, they've been exposed. Like, this community's been exposed. This is the thing that I find interesting oh about this God. world. That, well, this is the thing I find interesting about this world that you're going to see with the other movies, which is how they handle this sort of stuff. With and, and they've just been doing it for centuries anyway. They've just been hiding this shit from muggles forever. But it seems to me... Like, the side story involving Grindelwald, his whole bullshit is that he's going to be actually pushing for non-Maj muggle uh, and sentiment. That he's going to be like a Hitler about all this. That he wants war between them. So, like, it isn't that they would be found in that, like, all these men in black moments that happen. It's like, they're, the reason that this happens 
is the reason that sentiment grows. That people are like, wait, like, because it's 1929. People still believed in witches back then. Like, it's fucking stupid, but they did. So, whatever. And uh, I just think that this, that these next five movies were going to tell. And I haven't seen Grindelwald yet. I haven't seen that movie yet. So it seems to me like this was all building to like these kind of events stirring a pot of a religious or possibly crazy cult to normal people who um, are against magic people. And it's going to cause a war that's fueled by this evil wizard. Then, and then all of it is going to die down. And then eventually Voldemort shows up. And I don't want to get into everything that Voldemort does, but like basically this is why this whole backwards thing is pretty hard to do and why they kind of stepped so, in it by creating a big so new baddie. We um we've kind of already been told what the kind of final climactic moment is for this series. So so Alex, you kind of nailed the 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 theory on the, the head a little bit. And the reason we know this is because this is all that was said in the Harry Potter books basically is that in 1945 at the, the end of what would be our world war ii dumbledore and grindelwald had a epic titanic anime duel that ended with dumbledore defeating grindelwald and locking him in prison which is where we see him in deathly hallows where voldemort goes to say where's the elder wand and he and he just laughs at him and then and then he he kills him and, and goes off and does the rest of what he does in Deathly Hollows. Um, he bangs him first, but then he kills him. Yes, he bangs him and then kills him. Um, yeah. um, Why not? Slash so, wouldn't you? So, but J.K. Rowling took two years for to admit it. So we know that the kind of final climactic moment here is going to be Mads Mikkelsen versus Jude Law in a giant magic duel. <laughs> um, Great. Cool. I'm for that. Glad we already I'm knew that. This, uh, it sounds, what, well, I, dude, I still want to fucking see that. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that... Fuck you, this is a visual medium. I don't care what you say, man. I want to see that. Dude, dude. I it just And they're like, both I, naked. <laughs> yes. yes, Chris, I like it. Let's brainstorm them. They're in oil. Fish oil. Fish oil. Uh, Mesh Mike XXL is playing in the background. Um, no, real butter, real butter. There you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> real butter, real butter. Barry, Barry White's going as well. Candles are lit. Dude. Jude Law orders a pizza. Hey, All of a sudden, hey, Danny hey, Tatum's hey. there. Both of you, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Danny Tatum. Shut up. Hot water. Shut up. Magic Mike, you got it. Okay, all right. I genuinely love that movie. The second one, I genuinely love. Anyway, Zach, go ahead. Um, if J.K. Rowling was smart and she really wanted to play off the modern times thing, she's not. Well, she's not, but maybe her co-writer is. Uh, where she should go is she should take advantage of the current political turmoil that's happening in the United States, and like write in like occult like personality similar to the QAnon conspiracy right now. Yes, yeah, name's Grindelwald. It's it. They did no, they did yeah, it's Grindelwald, yeah. No, I know. They they should they should really write deep into it because They did. No, they didn't. Yes, they well, did. Well we don't know well, we don't know that was supposed to be five movies of it. We're gonna it's literally the next one's called The Crimes of Grindelwald. So I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna find out. 
but uh, I, I this is what I thought. the the third one is I found out was actually supposed to be set in Rio de Janeiro. I heard Rio, Rio, Rio. I didn't. No, I don't know. It don't matter. Um, what I know is that these movies are going <laughs> to turn into allegories for World War Two, which is kind of scary. Just so. Anyway, just like that makes sense. Also, like the the president of this of this uh, magical Congress here, sexy as hell. Wow this this woman, I swear to God. So like Catherine Waterston, God bless <coughs> her heart, and she brings in Newt's commander, and the first time, and she's like, "Listen, this guy just brought in a bunch of magical creatures. He might be." You might be involved in whatever's going on out there. And she's like, what did I tell you? Don't come down here. Get the hell out of here. And then later on in the movie, she brings that briefcase, brings that same dude in. And it's just like, you've been harboring this guy for how long? And I'm like, she brought you. She brought him to you. And then That's you're going to have her arrested and then have Grindelwald execute her. Kill her. What? Well, 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 but like, no, no. This well, here's, stupid. Here's what I think happened. Here's what I think happened. So she came in. So she was there to watch the Salem people. She got fired for because she tried to defend a kid from being beaten by his mom, and they fired her for that. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just, that really got to me. But okay. Um, so she's still watching these people. She sees Newt, and she sees the animal, chases him down, brings him in, and she's like. Whatever, I don't have time for you. Get out of here. I'm dealing with something. But then Graves, she goes back to her office and Graves checks in on her. Graves, I think, was either going by his own and just because he was just going to check it out himself. They, he's her boss. He was going to see if there's any merit to what she said. Or the president asked him to go down and double check it. Once he opened up the case and saw that it was bakery, she lost all credibility. That's why coming back the next time, no one was going to take her seriously. But then again, no one knew that this crap was going on. It was when a guy died that all of those people were in that room, and they thought it was from his briefcase. Before then, still nobody knew that the animals were out. And again, would have been a better movie if you were, they weren't getting chased by authorities and they were just going around trying to get creatures. Uh, and, and as for Graves, and as for Graves, since sentencing them to death, he made that decision there without the president's authority. And I guarantee you that the president later would have been like, "Killed them? Why did you kill them?" And he was going to make the defense. He was going to make it in the sewer. <laughs> Hopefully, I think he was going to do all this with the hope that he was going to get the power from the kid anyway and just destroy all of this. His goal was to use that kid to destroy everything and cause a war immediately. And he didn't get his hands on it. So. Well, I think the film doesn't really uh, illustrate how close he was to actually succeeding in causing a war between humanity and and uh, wizards because the film doesn't really take the time to do that because it's two, literally two different fucking movies. And I just like, wish it wasn't there. So here's, here's my thing. It's like, um, oh, God. So it's, it's like what I alluded to earlier. It's just like so many things happen if, like that like that that muggles see happen and they can't explain it and they know these creatures are out there they've seen these creatures out there like this whole like thing of like 
not being exposed is like crazy. Like they're already like exposed, and you can't have you can't force a unless like the Salem woman is the only one like calling for war, and it's played off like she is the only one. Like it's played off like she's crazy to these nomadges, and yet all this stuff keeps happening. Okay, so I I, I know you're focused in on that idea, but like th- this shit that happens in the later movies that's magical that happens in real life that also should be proof that there's magic in this world. But I think it's about control. Like they can have an event and men in black it and control a certain amount of air. Hell, men in black uses a goddamn Statue of Liberty as a fucking eye wiper. Like just you just it's magic at the end of the day. But like I think the whole point is like there's a certain containment level that they can't they can't explain. And uh, it's 1920-something. Like, cameras aren't great. There aren't, like... They go by the radio, barely. Like, they just got the radio, dude. (laughs) Like, news travels slow, so... You can contain that a lot faster than if it happens in all of London. And then, like, their whole point is war. They just don't want war. So, like, it's the same thing that happens in Underworld. They're like, we can't let everybody know there's a war between vampires and werewolves or else it'll be war with humanity. And it's like, we all know wizards would kick humanity's ass in a second. They're fucking wizards. So, like, what are we talking about? It just doesn't matter. Like, right. it should have just been a movie about fucking animals running around. It would be so much easier because they were just a horror movie about a really powerful kid who's trying to hold in his powers, and this is the result. Like, I would take that horror movie, but it doesn't explain so many things. Like, I the this little tiny group that where this woman is beating a child, like, how did Graves become how did Grindelwald become Graves? How did he even find that kid? And like, how did he get to the point where he got to a kid who was close to the kid who was in Obscura? Were there other events where there was an Obscura for him to get him there? How did he meet fucking Clementine or whatever his name was? I don't remember. And I just, I just, there's so much shit that is Credence. Clearwater Revival. There's so much, I don't know. (laughs) There's so much not explained at the beginning of the movie that has nothing to do with your understanding of the world. You don't need to watch the other Harry Potter movies to understand that that fucking story is confusing from the get-go. This is actually a pretty bare-bones movie. You like Knowing the world makes the little intricacies fun, but if I just looked at someone was like, this is set in a world where wizards exist and, and magical creatures. Done. And like that, it would still work, but the story doesn't work. Like, I... I can wrap my mind around all the antics at the bank, then how long it takes before they actually switch suitcases that gets us to the point for him to get him to meet the women, to get him to inside the suitcase, to get him to explain the only reason he's there is to get a fucking giant eagle to Arizona, which we never see. He goes to New York instead. And, oh, God, this movie's... Well, he has to cross the pond to New York to get to Arizona. I just... Neither of these stories are baked properly. They're fucking wet, doughy, uncooked, finished cookies, and it sucks. It's a cake with a liquid center. Also, be honest with me, guys. How long did it take you to realize that Credence was the Obscuro? I kind of knew pretty much right away. They put too much emphasis on showing the character. 
I have seen this before. I completely forgot about it. And here's the thing. I was surprised. I was legit like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But that's only because I completely forgot about what the little girl did and what Samantha Morton did. Like, they took the time to cast Samantha Morton as this woman to show up three times and then get, like, murdered by that. Yeah, she got freaking... That was brutal. Dude, when the senator, dude, when the guy's son dies, like, dude, it's fucking ruthless. I, I it just, I, I uh, oh man, <laughs> so sad. Because there's so out, many things that are good dude, about this. I there's love so the names of the evil too, though. Frank, I love the creatures. Just say it, Frank from Arizona. From Arizona, I I just I I think there are so many things that are great about this. There, there, yes, there are a lot of problems, and apparently they made a second one. I have no idea what it is or what it's about. I'm excited to see Jude Law. Oh that's no, a- way, Alex! You haven't seen Crimes of the Renewal? I have not. I'm not expecting it to be good. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm, I'm expecting so excited. it to be. I'm expecting it to be the embodiment of all the problems I see here worse. The things yeah, that I see are probably not going to be disappointed. Like the things in this that I like are that are like 50% of this movie I enjoy mostly because of Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler is amazing and I fucking love him. I, I think I, I first, Catherine Watson is great and the woman who plays her sister is great. And um, uh, I think Newt's great. I think they're fine as characters because I believe that they believe what they're doing. No one's passing this shit, but Dan Fogler deserved. I want, I, you know, it just, he deserves to carry five movies on his back. And it's the reason I loved it so much. He is the entrance into this world. And honestly, if they'd have done it right, Chris, this would have been a perfect movie to enter you yeah. into this world since it's not finished. They were supposed, they're supposed to make five of these and we're, uh, like if we'd have ended the Harry Potter series on these unfinished, not only would it have been a bad movie, it would have been an unfinished story that we're not getting down the line. And like, it just isn't know, gonna work. I want it now because it, it is an entrance into this world. You want to know what I'm afraid of? Like, Alex, I want you to wrap your mind around to this. Mm. The plan was they were gonna make six Kung Fu Panda movies. Yeah, they were gonna make six of them. It's too many. Yeah, so they hot shot everything into three. And that's what I'm afraid of is gonna happen here. Like they have they said five movies, but like I I'm I, not sure they'll make it. No, I well they are for sure they made two, they are for sure making a third. Whether they'll get to four or five, I don't know. I, they need to keep making movies in this world. I would like them to continue doing it. It's like Star Wars, but like they, they yeah. need to keep doing it. The only problem here is that the stories kind of suck, but the world is still great, and there's no problem with that. So I, I, I'm fine with them making more. If Peter, if, if David Gates continues to direct them, if Dan Fogler continues to be in them, and the other three are there too, so, I have no well, problem. Let me tell you a secret, Chris. Or Alex. Dan Fogler is not only in the next one, but he's in the third one. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I've seen the cast list. Oh, I'm man. I'm just remembering crimes. Man, Alex, you're going to love crimes, but in the wrong way. I don't think he's going to like it. No, I don't think he's going to like it. I'm interested to see what those problems are. But there are so many things 
to like about this. And it's also going to bring on the interesting discussion as we go into the big franchise. Like, I honestly think that you could shave two or three of those movies off the back end and you'd have a sharper story. So I don't even think they need to tell five of these. And that's the same thing with Kung Fu Panda. I think the third is just a rehash of the second one anyway. Like, they would have been re- rehashing a lot of stuff in six movies? Fuck off. Shrek has five and no one remembers that number correctly. I don't remember anything after the second one, truthfully. I don't remember anything after the... the I didn't see the ones after the third one. I thought the third one was okay. I think there's five. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty I sure I don't remember four. See, we, like, six comfy pandas would not have worked. Three was the right number. I'm a fan. I would have Maybe they, Anyway. They can, three in a TV show. Three in a TV show. Like, yeah. that's how anyway. you do that. So, like... Uh, just... Also, for me, like... I know it's like, what if like Dan Fogler was like just became a wizard, like if we centered it around that. I was like, I'm kind of like, I I get that idea, but personally, I would have liked it. I I would like it more if he had stayed a muggle, like if he if he didn't inhabit any powers. I don't think he get. I wouldn't want to see a story where he inhabits any powers because the thing about the whole point of Harry Potter is that you have to go to a fucking school to learn all of this shit. You can you if you have power in you, the school is to allow you to learn how to harness it. If you're a muggle, like you can't perform any of it. But like, I would love the story of a guy who marries a wizard, goes into the wizarding world, helps a guy who deals with animals. Like, he's just a muggle in the world. Like, we don't have that in Harry Potter yet. We have half muggles, sure, but we're very prejudiced about it. So I'm using muggles, man. I'm I'm indoctrinated now. Oh, man. He's gonna watch Crimson. Zach, he's gonna watch Crimson Grindelwald. I can't get over that. Dude, I, may watch, I may watch it fucking tonight the way you guys are talking about dude. it. It's it's something, I'll tell you what. I watched that in theaters and like I think I'm the only one in my friend group that hates that movie. I'm like, how do you guys like this? Like this makes zero sense. I, I will mean, go as far as to say, I Alex, I want you to keep it in mind. Love keep it. this in mind. Record keep this in mind, Alex, when you watch it. My mom thinks it's yeah. better than this. Oh. No. Well, here's the thing. If you li- I like these characters, and I like this world, and there's a part of you that has to ask yourself, you know what? This movie that I watched kind of sucked, but I liked the people in the world. Would I keep watching it if the story continued to suck? If the answer is yes, it doesn't matter what the second one does. Really. Unless it's way too heavy on the crimes of Grimberwald. That's the fucking title of the damn movie. Uh, so... Uh, again, I'm very excited for a slim, young, svelte, gay Dumbledore. Give it to me, Jude Law. I'm excited for him the same way I'm excited whenever I see Hugh McGregor. I think both of them have very interesting careers and are continuing to take roles from each other in ways that I find very interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm interested that he got Dumbledore and snagged it out. And yeah, you know what? I have... People people give seasons of shows or sometimes episodes of shows times before it develops itself. And you know what? Getting a new writer, sadly getting rid of Johnny Depp and the whole thing sucks. But like, I think it's a step up going to Mads Mikkelsen. So, and I like I like Dan Vogler and everyone else involved. So you know what? Jude Law, Mads, and the rest of the crew, you know, fucking up the Wizarding world. Let's go for it. And you like another reason why we wanted to do these movies and to get involved in this world, Chris, is you're going to see. 
we're, we're going to get as much Harry Potter as there is. As much yeah. as there is. You're going to watch the Christmassy young children's movies turn into teenage angst war films. So. <laughs> no, that's really what they are, dude. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what they R are. Slash, so like, I, R slash brand new sentence. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm asking myself the question you asked yourself, which is: if this was a story about a guy who's a human who enters into the world of Wizarding World, but is also in a way about these four other people: a wizard who can read minds, who falls in love with a Muggle, uh, a woman who wanted to be a career woman, falls in love with. Newt and that whole story, like if they each, instead of involving Grindelwald, they each four got a story that brought them together like a Scooby-Doo gang, I'd be totally for it. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think we're going to get that. Uh, <laughs> shit. But I really yeah. want your real-time reactions, but you watch it in your own time, dude. Like, it's oh, man. And then here's another thing about this movie, too. How is this two hours and 15 minutes? This felt like an eternity. This felt like forever. There's no focus and the tone is all over the place. Those two two simple things. You have no idea what Newt is doing in New York. You have no idea what the woman who, like, apparently arrests him is doing. Like, she's got her own cop on the, like, she, in her mind, she's just given up her badge and wand to her, you know, chief. And she's got to solve her case. Like, we have to get into the rhythms of both these motherfuckers, and we don't know what their intentions are. We don't even know that she's out to get this group until, right. like, she's about to be executed. And we find out, oh, she defended uh, Credence from her right. mom, and that got her fired. And it's like, we're an hour into this fucking movie, and you're telling us this now? Yeah. Here's my thing. It's like, so, like, the movie took forever. And, like, for me, it was like my mom got a call for another job offer. My dad came in with her food. We stopped. And so like both times we like, and then my dad was on a zoom call. That was very loud. And I couldn't stop. I was like, I paused it and uh, I came back and it was like, if they were, it was after it was at the dinner scene. Right. And I look at the time code. I'm like, we're only 30 freaking minutes in this movie. There's only 90 minutes left. Somebody stop it. Somebody. Oh. oh my god, I just realized something, Chris. What? You know what's gonna feel really weird in a in a kind of good way? Okay. Crimes of Grindelwald's gonna tie really nicely in with Philosopher's Stone. My mom did say that the necklace around Tina's neck had something to do with Hermione down the road. So no, I'm like, no, Nicholas, mom, not now, not now, not now. We're not there it's yet. Because the dude who is the whole reason behind the drama in the first movie is a character in the second in in Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Well, Listen. the whole point is that they, yeah they were gonna build into the Harry Potter films. But this was gonna fill that gap. So yeah, yeah. Like the dude that makes made the Philosopher's Stone is literally a character in the second in Crimes of Grindelwald. All I gotta say is, Alex, get ready. I'm so excited. This is, is this what it feels like when we come across a movie that I've never seen before? And this is what it feels like? Yes. <laughs> Except this is wrong. Like, this movie's terrible. <laughs> well, no, no, this is, this, is like, this is like when I showed you, um, whenever I show you a bad movie. Or you, yeah. 
and you've never seen it. Like, this is how I feel about Varsity Blues. I can't wait for you to see that piece of crap. Or North. I cannot wait for you to see North. North is so bad. Like, Dungeons and Dragons for you, Zach. I can't wait for you to see that movie. It's so bad in so many interesting ways. It's great. It's going to be great. But And so the how excited you are about this, I am too, because it seems like the problems elevate in very interesting ways. It's like it's like meeting somebody that you like uh, and you're like, OK, there's some things that I thought were, you know, a little off about this person. But I kind of genuinely I'd spend time with that person. And then you and then you meet somebody who knows them and they're like, oh, that fucking asshole. Ugh. All right. Good luck. <laughs> and then you go out and it's like everything they say and you're like, awesome. You're a dick. Never again. <laughs> so guys, if there's nothing left to say, uh, I think it's time to grade. Oh my god. How, they, you, god damn it. I don't even... <laughs> oh wow. do that. Where do you um, begin? <laughs> so my, my my initial point that I was trying to make before that I actually accidentally chilled off on was like if you watch this series go from kid Kitty becomes a wizard to teenage angst war films, you it would be great to see a human like become a part of the wizarding world through silly antics and adventures. He helps a guy get some uh, creatures in 1920s New York. Like that's adorable and when it happens in this movie it is fucking adorable and i'm all about it to watch that afterwards makes sense because just like star wars you watch nine movies with harry potter in a world and you want to be a part of it you want to feel like you could be a part of it and then the next group of films are about a human that gets to join the world and every movie is a story about a human involved in that world and muggles accepting them and saying this is this, this and that. Then you make theme parks based off of those things. Like, come on. They did it wrong. Newt should not have been the lead. It should have been this other guy. Or at the very least, all four of them should get like more uh, time. Like, like kind of like Jack Sparrow in uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Like... It's most that movie's mostly like supposed to be Will and Elizabeth, but like in like the charismatic, like legendary performance of Jack Sparrow is like kind of like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Isn't so, it ironic how, how Johnny Depp seems to overshadow every single group of characters that should be the main for, character? For movie. better or worse. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's in, that's an interesting discussion when we get to Pirates is like, should yeah. Johnny Depp have oh. been the, the main character of that series from day one? And I think, I think Will should have just not been in the sequels. I think that's the answer. Like, I think Jack should have been more prominent in the first one, just a little bit more, but Will should have still been the lead. And then the second movie, it should have just been straight Jack after that. Like, you've had your audience entrance into that world. Jack's I, I the best. I, I, Let's I just think Not going to lie. Father's real, though. And it sets up perfectly for the ending that we got at the end of Pirates 3. Not going to lie. I kind of disagree with that, Alex. I kind of yeah, like I, Will I also Elizabeth disagree. being there. Oh, we'll get there. We'll cross that bridge. We'll get there. get there, man. Anyway, uh, great. Shit. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Damn I'm okay. So, fuck. All right. Um, 
Uh, it is beautiful. I love the performances. David Yates has some excellent moments in there. Yeah. Um, I like this world. It is the perfect... It, it, it is to see nine movies develop into what this is and then to just enjoy all the subtleties of it. Like, if this uh, was Alex, just a movie made about this... Eight what's up? I okay, fine, whatever. Who gives a shit? It's a bunch, <laughs> of, fucking movies, a bunch of fucking movies. But the last three blend together so badly in my mind. Anyway, uh, eight fucking movies. Then, if you go through eight movies, and you get this, like, it, it's the it's the culmination of them of the look and everything. If you just told somebody that this was a movie about wizards, and then I saw it, I would be amazed. If this was the first movie in a series of wizard worlds. I would be fucking amazed. Everyone would be shocked at all the little in, little intricacies of it. And it's because of how well-developed that world already is. Sure, for fans, it's great. But for me, just watching it for the first time, like, really watching it, I think they could have... I, I have, there's so much promise. So much possibilities. I mean, so many possibilities for this. I... I, I it's... C... C minus or D plus. Um... I'm going to go C minus because I feel like I'm going to need to go lower for crimes. Oh my God. Zach, go ahead. I have to, I'm queuing something up. What? <laughs> Zach, go ahead. Great. I'm queuing something up. Uh, I'm going to agree with Alex and go C minus. C minus. Okay. Oh dear God! Hang on. Let me see if I let me see if I found it. Hold on. I I there's an argument for to possibly go to a C, but I don't really think I don't really ever want to watch this no. again. It, it's like one no, of those movies. It's it's one of those movies that you watch once or twice and then you just never watch it again. It's it, I would watch it if I was in a damn fuller mood. Like if I, I had watched if I had watched Balls of Fury and then uh, a couple of those a couple other of his films and I was like I I'd want to watch and that is best I would watch this I'm sorry you love Balls of Fury I think that's a better performance than this but this is a this shows everything that he can do this is such a subtle good performance can we please put Balls of so Fury on the Curiosity Reel. I've worn it on the fucking Goodwill. What are you talking about? I've watched that movie at least twice a year. Damn, dude. I Not love them. So, so, nope, we gotta wait months. We gotta wait months. No, I know, I know, I know. I think it's better as a curiosity, but that's just... Crazy. Anyway. So, well, it is, that's the great thing about curiosity. A film on the curiosity is different for every single... Th all three of us. Everyone who goes to that movie. <laughs> we all have it's to so, accept... It's, it's so unbelievably ridiculous. I can't wait to get my grade. What? Okay, 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 okay. He's got something set up. I want to hear it. Um, this was my short end review from the uh, from the. So just so you guys know, the listeners, oh, know, I did I did a review. We had to review this for my uh, school uh, directing class, where we directed a multi-cam studio production of uh, a movie review show for our school. And yeah. me and my friend Nate um, wrote and starred and, uh, and uh, starred in the review. Uh, we both had wands. It was pretty great. Um, it was really funny. And uh, 
So at so we would do we break it down like this is who it is. We show a few clips. At the end, we'd give reviews. So this is, I'm pretty sure we did this right. We didn't like do each other's review. I think we wrote <laughs> each other's uh, thing. Um, so this is what this is what I uh, ended up saying. Fantastic Beast is, a magic, is magically fantastic. I love David Yates' style and direction with smooth, moving shots, even when it gets chaotic. The story is a good blend of sweet and dark, never favoring one or the other until the time is absolutely right. So, yes, J.K. Rowling is a natural at the art of the screenplay. You heard it here first. <laughs> terrific all around, and this movie has the best use of CGI I've seen this year outside of the Marvel movies. I give it a five out of five. Fan freaking tastic. Oh my god, who the so, hell so was that four years ago? Oh my god. Everything you said was right. Everything you said was right except for the screenwriting thing. I gotta be honest, man. The CGI is so good. Boys, boys, I have one thing to say to young Chris, and I want old Chris to relay this to young Chris. Uh, you're beautiful, son. You're beautiful. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You see. Sweet, sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, my, uh, <laughs> I am a different person now, especially after seeing this movie. You're a different person for the better. Um, this movie is not written very well. No. It's not, it's not structured very well. <clears throat> Everything else about it is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I'm not going to give it five out of five. Like, I'm not going to give it a perfect grade, but, like. Chris, if you gave it a five out of five, I would call you a sweet summer child again. Me too, me too, because we don't use numbers. <laughs> At the same time, like, I don't hate it. It's like the two movies that were there, I think, were interesting ideas on their own. But they're just like crammed together for just this mess. And me some people are idiots. Let, let me make um, clear this. If I was grading this as a teacher, it would pass. Like, it, it's like. Oh God. Um, Effort was put into this. Like. Somewhere. No, but let, let me finish. So, just like. Like some of these people, like some of these people are, I, in my opinion, are idiots. Like some of these characters are idiots, and like, <laughs> like, and just the, the, the times where they just waste, like that half an hour between when Newt Scamander loses all the animal, loses all his uh, his Fantastic Beasts, to when he starts getting them back, just really killed it for me. It was just like, are you serious? Are we wasting? Why are we wasting our time here? It's just like, well, I don't. Like, I don't care if Tina is awkward having two guys, two handsome gentlemen, by the way, um, in her apartment, which she's not allowed to have them. It's like, she awkwardly gives them cocoa and, like, all the other stuff. Um, just all that stuff in between. I just wanted to watch a movie about fantastic beasts and where to find them. And I got a third of that. So... But I, C plus, like, dang. 
maybe maybe I am a little bit too harsh. Maybe a C. I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C. But um, I feel like I'm being too nice, though. <laughs> I, I I feel like a C plus is too nice. I do just because sitting here and talking about and breaking down what it actually is story wise is fucking crazy. But there are so many things to like about it, and so much. It's just like it's uh, like it's there's just, charm it's a there. They like, threw charm there. there. It's yes, just but they threw, like I, I I feel like they just. Uh, I mean, I like the scene. I'm watching the scene where they're doing the dinner right now, and I think it's great. I like the scene Here's where the he thing. goes into space and shows him the animals. But it also doesn't mean anything. It doesn't right. mean Danny. And here's the thing. Dan Vogler, Jacob Kowalski, he's dying in that scene. <laughs> he's sweating profusely because he got bit by one of those beasts, and they're having dinner before treating him. Well, from what I understand, he wasn't dying, but they were in danger of him shooting flames out his anus. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was funny. There, there are some funny moments of that. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, his reaction <laughs> to both that statement and the fact that the walls came back to his apartment in the background of their conversation is amazing. The, just watching Dan Fogler in the background of most of these scenes is fucking amazing. He's a treat. I fucking okay. love it. I, it. I like his. I also like his like his high pitched laugh. Like yeah, like when he climbs stuff. into like when he climbs into the briefcase, he's like, ah! like, <laughs> or when he when takes he, that when, when he takes that drink in the bar right before they leave, he's like, <laughs> that is my genuine favorite. That's the only screen mining moment that I'm actually impressed by that I would never think of writing. That like she goes to the bar, she's like, she's like it's a fucking film noir. She's like five giggle juices and whatever, and he's she's like, is everyone like you? He's like, there's no one like me, babe. And he drinks. He's like, ha! And I was like, perfect. But then, then the antithesis of that happens at the very end of this movie. Johnny Depp is revealed to be Grindelwald, and he gets up and they handcuff him, and he's like, to die a little inside. And he just walks away, and I'm like, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> right? What the fuck was that about? This is, the, is that your catchphrase? It's fucking stupid. I know I'm just paraphrasing, but it was that weird. It was like, I, uh, uh, to die a little inside. I was like, what the? What does that even mean? It's a horrible thing to say. It's just, you, I have that to look forward to? Does he continue to say stupid shit like that in the next movie? Not so much say, but die. Mm. Or maybe a mixture of both. I have not seen Crimes of Grindelwald since the movie theater. I just don't know who this guy is. I'm already, pre- I just kind of figured out what he wants, but I don't fucking know who he is. All I know is he has like white hair, different eyes, and he's going to sound drunk a little bit now. So interesting. <sighs> C plus. The plus Thanks. is for Dan Fogler. Ah, oh, I appreciate that. Then yes, I think it earned that. I, I think the, I think the the C for me is Dan Fogler as well. But again, the CGI is great. I, I just I'm there. I get lost in this movie, sure, but like as a story, there's really no point to it. And then when you're like at the end and they're like credence, credence, I'm here for you. And the only the only thing it has any tie to it is that this guy is good with animals. That's it. Like, if you right. like animals, you like Newt. Like, go watch Doolittle. Like, you know what? That's a question on my mind. I was listening to a podcast about Doolittle today. 
which ha- like comparing bad movies wonder woman i think has moments of charm but it's a bad movie would i watch wonder woman again over this i would oh, jesus I, I, I would watch this again wait the first wonder woman or the this or wonder woman 84 wonder woman 84 i think i would watch this again no 84 i mean <laughs> i like Gal Gadot and chris pine I think Pascal's great, but <coughs> Cheetah is useless, and Pascal shouldn't have been the focus of the movie in the first place. And although I think there are moments in it that are charming and nice, I don't connect with it the way I do with this, and the big reason is there's eight other movies. No, but here's the thing. That movie knows what it is. And it sticks to that. Does it, does it though? Yes! Yeah. I think it knows its tone. I think it knows its tone. And that's the message, sure. That's everything. That's but, everything. Well, everything I think in, some, in certain cases, yes, it has to be everything, sure. But like one day we'll show you the super, the first Superman, and it'll be the same tone. And it's like when it's done well, sure. But like I don't think there's anything wrong with the tone of Wonder Woman, and I think it understands its message. But I don't think the movie knows what it is. I think the movie is three different stories put together with the wrong villain as the lead. So like I just think that's a mess as well, and I think that's Jeff Johns' fault. But this here is obviously Rawlings. And I just like comparing bad movies. I'd be interested to see what this movie about a man who's collecting animals in New York that are magic it would, would do compared to Doolittle. You know, Robert Downey Jr. walking around talking to celebrity animals and shoving his hands up a dragon's ass. You know, what would that be? Which <laughs> one's worse? Which one's more aimless? Which one has less focus? And the key thing is here is this is one of the most polished turds I've ever seen. This is probably one of the best $50 million first drafts I've ever seen in my life. This would be like if <laughs> fanfic got its fucking publishing rights and was turned into a movie immediately. This is this needs $50 million rewrites before this thing should have happened. It, there are elements here that kind of work, but it's a mess. It's a fucking mess. But there, everything else is great. Everything else about it is great. Yeah. So there you go, everybody. Uh, Fantastic Beast. We are kicking off our series of Harry Potter movie. Uh, oh, God. We've entered the world, man. You know, but again, I, I, I'm glad we're in this world now. I'm happy. I can't wait to freak the fuck out next week. Cause it sounds like I'm done. Oh, dude. I am so excited. Like, I'm not going to enjoy I, watching Crimes of Grindelwald, but man, I'm looking forward to hearing your reaction. I, I, you, you guys are pumping it up. I kind of want to watch it tonight. <laughs> I kind I, 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 <laughs> It's a mess. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man. Oh, man. The only thing that saved this movie story-wise was watching a normal human enter the, this world and be amazed because it is an amazing world. But I don't think you can do that again in the second one unless it's like he's getting his amnesia back and it's just the same thing again, which I'm kind of, I, I feel like that would suck a little bit. I um if I was not an insomniac these days, I would totally stay up and watch it with you, but I can't. Anyway, like so there you go, everybody. We're going we're dipping into Harry Potter next time. Next time, yeah. Um, we're, we're watching the worst world. film of the batch. Worst film of the batch. The worst. The, the, that's also a good reason why we did. We started with this too. 
Like, I, don't, I know you've mentioned that before, but, like, now that I'm actually thinking about this, like... I mean, it only gets better from here, which is the best part about it. It only gets better exactly. after Crimes or Grindelwald. It's That's true. That's why Hobbit's... Though I have heard, I have heard, the Chris Columbus movies are terrible. No! No, they're not. No. They're not terrible. They're, they're cheesy, and they're for children, but they are not terrible. It's, but, uh, here's the thing. If you understand the fact that you're going to be watching this entire cast and crew grow over the next eight years, it's an interesting experiment because the, all most of these actors would go on to do great things. Some of them would be genuine stars. Some of them would grow up to be like uh, unbelievable figures in other aspects. So uh, watching watching these actors and these directors and the cast and the crew grow over the next eight years is incredibly interesting particularly when it just started as a group of kids films and then they start to get more in depth and interesting in the middle. And then it starts to like become about politics and then it's, you know, the whole school's at war and it gets really interesting in a lot of ways. But those first two films are like, like there's a reason Christopher Columbus is one of the most uh, profitable filmmakers of all time. He's in the, the top 10 list of filmmakers that have made more money, uh, per films, home alone, uh, this is Doubtfire, but he makes genuinely charming stuff. It's just cheesy. You just have to get past, past the cheesiness of it. So, Alex. And the, big, the biggest thing, Chris, that you'll notice is, especially after watching the Christopher Columbus movies, getting to d- dive into how dark Alfonso Carano can be as a director really helps a lot to pivot the movies from these cheesy kids movies to those much darker teen angst war films. So yeah, it, we always talk. Yeah, I know you mentioned that a lot. It is the best film is Prisoner of Azkaban. It is done by Alfonso Cuarón. He is the best director of the batch. But again, Peter Yates is the one that would define the most. David Yates. Sorry, Peter Yates and David Yates. I get the. If his name was Peter, he'd be dead. Uh, uh, David Yates defines a lot of what this would be. He's like Cuarón. Maybe the one that said, "Let's take this seriously." David was the one who was like, yeah, okay, I got it. And he's, he carries the football the rest of the way. So I well, understand that everyone's well, talking about the great Alfonso throw that Alonzo did, but this guy Mike. ran a bunch of yards. I want to point out, Alfonso Caron p- passed it to Mike Newell, who then passed it to David Yates. I know that there was more than one director before Yates, yeah. Yeah, it was Mike Newell. Who, so... Whom is t- probably... That is probably actually the worst film of of the actual Harry Potter series. Goblet of Fire? Some people would say Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I mean, so so Goblet of Fire has a, a genuinely charming Robert Pattinson in it, but like it, and it is the first time we see Ralph Fiennes in, in, in the role. It just, I don't know. I, to me, it just I don't know. I, I think Goblet, I feel like Goblet of Fire is better than Chamber of Secrets. I think Chamber of Secrets just kind of like drags on the vibe of the first one, and then the third one kicks down the door, and it's like we're taking this shit seriously. The fourth one also legitimately puts Harry Potter in danger, and it's how you know this world can get fucking scary, and he needs to step up his game. And then the the reason I like Yates is because. Goblet of Fire is an action movie, but everything after this is not an action movie until the last one. Everything is personal, and it's more um, emotional. It's more character-driven. It's more dark. It's more political. 
It's about building the world and the lore after a while. And uh, it's not about, like, putting him through uh, physical antics. It's not about being silly or a kid anymore, which is why I'm so impressed by the last one. Every film that he made before that, it wasn't really an action film. It was all about mood setting and table dressing to get you to this great, like, Battle of the Bastards type ending, which I think, as confusing as those last two movies are, that ending's great. The fact that, like, pretty much, like, like, a hundred of that 130 minutes of that last movie is Battle of the Bastards, too, which is great. And I'm also interested to look at, at Goblet of Fire, because he is, that means that there's, what, four directors over this entire series altogether? Uh, Chris Columbus, Alfonso Carano, Mike Newell, yeah, David, yeah, yeah, yeah David, yeah. Karan. Karan, whatever, dude. So... So it's uh, so Yates has the most, then it's Columbus, Quran is respected more, and then Noel is last. So uh, I'll, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna try and look at because to me, Goblet of Fire is more interesting and more memorable than Half Blood Prince or Order of the Phoenix. I don't remember a damn thing about Order of the Phoenix at all. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I cannot recall a thing. I remember Half Blood Prince because Order of the of Phoenix is the one where they. Order of the Phoenix is the last one Gary Oldman's like a main actor in. Yeah, I know. I re- somewhat remember that whole battle at the end, but like I could not. Yeah, to me, I remember. I and the villain is sort of remember- memorable, but those two films just cover territory that doesn't need to be covered, and I feel like one of them could go. So I would rather lose one of them than lose Goblet of Fire. To be frank, I would. I think like I think you can't do it without Order of the Phoenix. I think like if you have to get rid of one, you have to get rid of Half Blood Prince because like the the reveals of it aren't aren't that necessary. There's like one big thing and I I wanna save it because, you know spoiler alert, there was a whole big drama about it in uh, when the book came out. Uh, Earnestly, yeah, yeah, big drum. Like that, that climax is necessary, but past that, like it's all just lore dump for the main villain that we could definitely have just gotten in passing in Deathly Hollows. This is what I would say: take, uh, uh, take, get rid of the first Deathly Hollows. You don't need that. I if if you you can if you want to keep. Like go straight from Half Blood Prince to the battle, yeah. And then then I then I would be fine with that because I think that that is the most unneeded movie out of all of them, and the only reason it exists is because everyone was doing movies back then. They were stre- stretching their last movies, so that's the the most unneeded movie. But I just I remember more moments in that. What? I remember more moments in it. It's it's well, yeah. Well, but a lot older of the, the Phoenix, I don't remember anything. A lot of the moments in that had very personal things going on with the main three actors. So we spent a ton of time with Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson, like more so than normal. I I I all of the considering what the ending of the whole series. Is you don't need one of those movies. One of those movies can fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get rid of like Half Blood Prince, or you can get rid of Deathly Hallows Part One. I don't know which one. You can gut one of them and be done. I take, I take both. Take both. Make our, <laughs> make our shit shorter. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Alex has the hiccups, I can tell. So we're going to end it right there. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time for Crimes, crimes, of, crimes of Grindelwald. And, uh, Wait, crimes of K. Rowling? Say goodbye, guys. We already, we already went through those, and my hiccups are gone. Goodbye. Bye. I don't have a, I don't have an end bit. I don't have an outro. Release the J.K. Rowling cut. Just let her direct it, too. Well, what? I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, no, God. No, we got that. You know what? No, you know what? Do it. I It'd be like Lawnmower, man. Do it. Oh, God. It would be like, it would be like um, uh, Love on a Leash. It'd be great. Yes. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Yes. <laughs> now you, now you want to watch it now. <laughs> That's got magic. That has the inexplicable magic. Yes. Oh my god. David Yates just says David oh Yates god. just No 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 no. David Yates just says like I'm done with your bigotry. I'm out. And they're like, "You know what? I'm going to step up and, t- and direct this." Oh my god. <laughs> I can make a movie better than you, oh. <laughs> you oh Baldy. Yeah, so I got to tell you something really funny. All right. Um, good night. Good night everyone.